What's up, JQ? Hey, you know what? We got something special. We got something really special. We're going to play the first one and um, have a look at it. Hey guys, okay. Tyler Cooks here with the AKA Products post-race interview with Greg Degani, 40-plus champion. I'm supposed to ask you about your engine program. Well, $180 SH motor, available A-Main, OS, waste of cash. So you actually can get this motor here in the States at A-Main? Yeah, we sell out all the time at A-Main, yeah. So how was the race other than that? It looks like you were just cruising at the end. Yeah, I finally got into rhythm, you know, and uh, my car, I, I started to feel the engine and like kind of keep the RPMs good to so not upset the suspension too much. So it was really good. You know, a lot of these guys are going 10 minutes, but Dunford ran out. I mean, it's a risky thing to do. And, you know, um, I just wanted to hold it through, you know, it's been a 20 years ago this year, I won this race in pro. So we did a do a 20 year, uh, 20 year anniversary, you know, cream rise to the top. Got to show these boys what's up. Congratulations on the 20 year win. Again, this is Greg Degani, our winner at the 2021 Silver State Nitro Challenge for 40 plus. We're going to get Richard Saxon in here next. And an 11 year old car. So hopefully this will be the last race of this old turd. Go on the Miyako and, you know, not make it such a close race for these guys. All right. Oh my gosh. Oh man. Hold on. Uh, what's up, Richard Saxon? Wait. So. Uh... Yeah. This is why we can't have nice things because Greg comes along and just does interviews like this. But I'll, I'll be honest, I was so excited for him to win that uh, just so he could get an interview because they didn't do any, they only did first place interviews on, on, on e buggy. He came third. But we got two epic Greg Degani interviews this Silver State, and that was the first one. And we'll play the other yeah, 11, 11 year old turd. So um, it actually, it's actually good always when greg does well because he proves to me that the car is good you know because mm -hmm. he never practices he just goes to the race he throws it down if he can compete about this if he can compete with these guys then it's good you know well he I, well you know what we're going to talk about this and a lot more in this podcast you know what guys um thank you to greg degani and congratulations on him on to him on winning the 40 but did you see his face like he was like that that had that catch me outside look like he had, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm back, yeah. bitches. Like I'm back. Anywho, um, you know what, Joseph? Let's drop that that intro. Nitro is the glory. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast with your host tonight, Keenan White, a.k.a. Lefty the Great. And if you are unlucky, the Finnish village idiot, JQ. This is the RC Podcast with no name, but plenty of content. So sit back, relax and get ready for some serious bench racing. Yes, indeed. Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode, this is the true episode number 125 of the No Name RC Podcast. I'm your host, Lefty the Great, a.k.a. Keenan White. Oh, I maxed it up. It's Keenan White, a.k.a. Lefty the Great. I've only done that 150 hey, uh, times. So, what, 150? Probably. Episodes are 125. We're on 125, but, well, you know, we've done a few episodes that we haven't right. counted. Lives, the Starting Grid podcast, 
15 episodes of that. So 120 more than expected. <laughs> and still we, going strong. Yeah, and uh, we are very unlucky today. We have JQ, aka Beaker, aka Rupert the Sheriff, aka Captain Asshole, aka Josie, aka Bollocks Nose. He's back from Spain, so he's with us and is a happy is in a good mood today. Good to have you back, Joseph. We haven't spoken re- much since the last podcast. Um thank you for coming on. We're gonna talk about your trip to Spain here in a minute. We're gonna talk about why I didn't go to Silver State. And we're going to get in and answer some questions. We have no guests this week. We're going to just do a quick recap on, on Silver State, on the Nitro Buggy Man, because Max, RC Kevin, and I did a recap of eBuggy and Nitro Truggy and qualifying uh, Sunday. So if you want to check that out, you could go to YouTube and check that out. It's also on Podbean and all podcasts, platforms, but it's better on YouTube. So And also, when you go to YouTube, hit that sub button, that notification button, that like button, or dislike button. A few dislikes on there. Let's grow that. So, Justin, before we go on further, I want to shout out and say thank you to all of the NNRC squad around the world. We are back. We took about a 15-day hiatus, maybe a little less than that. Uh, I'll explain why in a minute. So, thank you guys for your patience. We are back. We're supposed to be in America, but we're here. Still in the DR. Shout out to the patrons of the podcast. Greatly appreciate you guys' support. Uh, you guys help to keep the bills getting, excuse me. He has helped the bills get paid and helped me to go on this trip that's coming up in June. So thank you guys. If you wish to become a patron of the podcast, you can. The link is in the written description of this podcast. And of course, we can't do this without the awesome sponsors that support us. You know, uh, these companies believe in what we're doing, so we're going to believe in what they do as well. First off, up to, uh, shout out to Mayako, uh, creating waves this year. We're going to talk more about that with Joseph. He was done testing with the new car, so thank you to Mayako. High Tech. RCD, new sponsor for the podcast. They have some, if you don't know who High Tech is, they've been around for a very long time. They're coming back to racing. They got some nice new servers and some and a nice new charger up. TNR Fuels was watching Chris Nelson last night doing his recap of Silver State. Man, them guys are going everywhere. Hottest new nitro fuel on the market. Beach RC, Brent was at Silver State. Sounds like he had fun as well. Uh, Techno RC, it was a techno takeover on Saturday at Silver State. Congratulations to uh <clears throat> Tyler Jones and Jared Tebow on their wins. Lugs RC, Bryce Beaver built, beat Greg Dagani in 40 plus. Congratulations to him. And his son did really well. Lugs RC is a new tire company on the, on the, <clears throat> on the market. Sun City RC Raceway, they have the RC Pro Series this week there. If you're in the mood for a race, go check them out in uh, El Paso and check out the Showers family and go run the uh, RC Pro Series this weekend there. JQ Racing, shout out to my JQ Racing family. We got a victory this weekend. Congratulations to us and everybody that races and supports us. Manscaped.com, I finally got a, a uh, 3X t-shirt here that I'm wearing and some boxers that are really comfortable. Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, if you guys want to show Papa Willie some support, there is a promo code attached to this. You save 10%. Racecraft USA, they were there at... Silver State, House of RC, Connie and I worked closely together this weekend to bring you graphics and stuff and updates for the NNRC Cup. Wally Builds, who was super busy this weekend, RCGP, and of course, JQ Threads. So, what's up, everybody? We're back. Even though we did a podcast Sunday, Joseph and I are back this week. Joseph was in Spain. I'm still in the Dominican Republic. And for people who didn't listen to uh, Sunday's podcast, basically, um, I got really sick about a week out from Silver State. I was supposed to fly out to Silver State on the 6th of June to Charlotte. And then Mike Hill and I were going to drive his Honda Civic over to Vegas. We had this big road trip planned. And then like the Saturday before that, I got really sick. I was actually getting sick before that. 
Um, what I thought was a sinus infection actually turned out to be high blood pressure. You know, I'm going 43 years old. I'm overweight and out of shape. And I'm definitely stressed because I've been working with this guy right here for four years. And if I looked at pictures from when I first met you to now, I have considerably less gray in my beard than I do now. So I blame you for most of the stress that I have in my life, Joseph. <clears throat> the last three years. Just like, been- just like I always tell my graphics. I make him a better graphic designer. I made I made you a better yes, human you being did. too. But you know what? Uh, I would like to be alive. Joe, Joe Roganing it. Somewhat. Joe Roganing it. Now. I, I need to get in shape like Joe Rogan. Maybe not as good as him. But uh, basically, I found out I have really high blood pressure, was causing all the pain, and the doctor said probably I was very close to having a stroke the weekend before Silver State. So we decided to stay, get my blood pressure done. I'm on meds. I'm exercising, walking just right now, eating better, and just trying to de-stress from everything. You know, we was going pretty hard for a long time there, for a year, with the podcast and stuff. And sometimes when you see your goal in front of you, you push even harder. So now, while we're still pushing towards our goal, my goal, I'm just trying to de-stress a little bit. So with that said, I will be in America the 10th of June, flying to Charlotte. Uh, We're going up to uh, Tennessee to Matt Owens to pick up the NNRC Cup. Uh, trophies, which is going to be big. I don't know how we're going to take it up to the Nationals. And then Monday, we travel to the Nationals, a road trip to the Nationals at LCRC. And that's actually the race that I'm really looking forward to and was looking forward to. And if we do a good job there, we might stay. I might stay. We, me. I might stay for the the Nationals, for the ENATs. I don't know. That's in Florida. We'll see. I don't know if I want to be away from my family that long either. So that's why I'm not at Silver State. I'm bummed I missed it. I wanted to go out there and meet a lot of people and I wasn't able to. It looked like fun, but that's how, you know, just to be safe, better to be safe. Joseph, I also got my first shot in the vaccine, my first vaccinated vaccine shot uh, last week. I feel great. I got my second one before I go away. People might be like, oh, I'm getting vaccinated and stuff like that. Well, I think eventually to travel, you're going to have to be vaccinated. So I might as well get it while I can now. I hope it's the right one. I hope it works. I, whatever. I'm not trying to get onto that. Uh, Joseph, I didn't even know when I talked to you, you're like, oh, I'm in Spain. So let's talk about this. You Was this a planned trip or was this kind of something that just kind of came up and you're like, hey, I'm going to Spain to, to go testing? I mean, it was planned, but I didn't really know when I was going until a sort of week before. So, mm. yeah, I had more parts to try and I just figured it would be a good time to go for a week, get everything set. I mean, everything is in sort of production for the prototypes that are going to be released this summer. Sort of July, August, people are going to get them, but there were still some things that I wanted to make sure were right and that everything was working good. So that's why I decided to go to Spain because in Finland, the tracks are opening right now. Like this week, if it didn't rain all week, which is it's going to, mm-hmm. the tracks would all be open. But yeah, but your track's so, not there anymore, right? Because it got moved. I was no, talking to Max. So I don't really even have a home track. Mm-hmm. But aren't you supposed so, to help build that or something to help with them to build? Yeah, it? but they they are having some issues with getting the uh, rental agreement for the land, oh, so right. we can't start doing anything yet. And the closest track right now is an hour away. But it's not really sort of a international level mm-hmm, mm-hmm, 
good enough track really for eight scale racing. How many but tracks do you guys something. have in Finland? Eight scale tracks, proper tracks. Maybe I don't know, maybe four or five. Okay. So the other tracks aren't open yet. That's mm. the problem. So we don't have one and the others aren't open yet. But maybe after this week, if it doesn't rain, then I'll be able to do some driving over here also. So how did you travel to Spain? How, was it a flight? Where did you fly from? Yeah, yeah, Helsinki. So traveling, it's a bit uh, a bit of a nightmare. I mean, I never like traveling, but now it's even harder because each country has different restrictions. This is something I don't understand. So why couldn't they just standardize the restrictions? Each country has different ones. So you have to have a negative test within a certain amount of time, mm -hmm. like 48 hours or 72 or 24. Or then uh, Netherlands had the most ridiculous uh, requirement, which I, re I only learned about after I had already booked my ticket the last time I flew, which was even if you only have a layover in the Netherlands, like mm -hmm. Amsterdam airport or something, you need a negative test result within four hours of your departure. That's you know, insane. so there are... I know. So there are all of these. Do they provide testing in the airport? Yes. Okay. Uh, but it's really expensive. So I changed my ticket to fly via Germany. <laughs> How much was the ticket? How much was a, a test? 200 euros. Really? Fuck. They're making a big yeah. business out of all of this. I know. I know. So anyway, so um, Germany and uh, Netherlands was actually the only country in Europe that had a requirement of a test, even if it's only a layover. Now, this time I flew, this is an example. This time I flew, Germany required a test, even just for a layover. So I needed to find a place to get a test done in Spain mm. so that I could fly back. And then the problem, actually, even if you figure out all of the requirements and you're on top of that and you take care of everything, this is the big problem. Let's say I, my test had been positive in Spain. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been allowed to fly home, which means that possibly, even if I don't get very sick, my trip is extended by two weeks. Mm -hmm. I have to pay for hotel and food and everything. So traveling is risky in that way. If you're going somewhere, especially if you're going somewhere expensive and you don't know people there, you don't have a place to stay, you're paying for everything, then you could be stuck there if you test positive when you're trying to get back. Mm. So that's something to keep in mind. So <clears throat> That's kind of like what was my fear with traveling to America. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, we just need a, a, a negative test three days prior to travel. Um, and actually, coming to find out, the DR is open for business. You don't even need a test to come here. So yeah. we, we're getting a lot of vaccines here too, and they're just giving them to everybody. And... Um, like things are kind of back to normal. Clubs are open. Yes, people are still wearing masks and the social distance, distancing. But like, like the, all the Dominicans that live in America are coming on here for vacation right now. So open for business. There's tourists coming. There's flights coming every day. Some guys from Bermuda just came. My cousin from Bermuda's coming here. Um, Bermuda's still kind of strict, but you know you can fly. But <clears throat> yeah, it's that maybe gives a little insight into pe to people as to why the Europeans aren't in America. It's just so hard for them to travel. And all those regulations come into a point that we're going to talk about here in Silver State. 
in a bit that applies to Thai Tassman. But Joseph, before we go on to talk about your time in Spain, I want to make a, I need to, I need to pay some bills. And, you know, as you guys know, this podcast is brought to us by Manscaped. So, Joseph, you might have to get a little bit farther away from your, your, your volumes up. I can hear, hear myself coming back through, through the thing, through the mic. So, they just sent me this in the, this in the mail. It is the Lawnmower 4.0. You probably can't see that. Uh, but this is just the box because I used it the other day. And uh, yeah, they, they sent me on. This is their new machine. Remember, I was promoting the Lawnmower 3.0. So, here we have this is what they have to say about their new Lawnmower. 4.0. <clears throat> this is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in USA and Canada. Sorry, European guys, it's not there yet. It will be soon. The new trimmer was just released, and man, it's really good. It's flying off the shelves, apparently. What makes this different from the, the from the 3.0? It has multiple guides to help you. Cut uh, to cut to different lengths. Maybe you want to have a landing strip or something down there, and you want multiple lengths. I don't know. I prefer to just shave everything off. It makes it look bigger. Uh, it has a. It's all. It's a new wireless charging unit. So you have the unit there. You just put it in there, and it charges. It's so awesome. Uh, it's still waterproof. It still has a light. It has a locking function on the power button, so you can travel with it. Because I will be taking the me taking this with me on my trip here. It comes in handy for trimming my beard. I don't have to you know, trim anything else while I'm away. But if you guys are interested and you want to show some love to the podcast, go hit up manscaped.com. Use the promo code, uh, no name in all caps, and you will save 20% off your order. Get yourself this lawnmower 3.0 and that kit. It comes with the, the, the awesome, uh, boxers, which I got because they sent me a shirt and new boxers in my size. And you will never, you, you will like the boxers. So thank you to manscaped.com. They have been a long time supporter of the podcast. Show them some love and get yourself a lawnmower 3.0. Joseph, we need to get you a lawnmower 3.0 and get you manscaping, you know, get you tidy for when you, you know, whenever that great day happens. <clears throat> All right. I'm still waiting for it. I know you are. <laughs> I mean, nah, not today, no. Nah. Lawnmower. <laughs> I know. Okay. All right, Joseph. So Spain, let's touch on this real quick. So where did you go? Did you go to a different spot in Spain this time or did you go to the same place? Uh, I went to the same place, to Madrid. Mm -hmm. But you went to but a few different tracks. I went to three different tracks this time. So I spent like the first five days or something just at the Fuencaral track, Miguelo's track, who has the buggy land race. Mm -hmm. So that's a really sort of high grip fun track to drive but then i also wanted to try the car on some different style tracks so i drove down to albacete that's a super loose that's track, as well yeah and it changes a lot also during the day so <laughs> i went there after some rain so it was there was some loam on the surface and it was really loose like ridiculously loose and then the after the dust started to clear it started to Get a bit more grippy, but then it gets polished in some sections also, so it's really loose. So it, it was a good track to test that because of that. Mm -hmm. And then the third track I went to, uh, Mejorada, I think it was called. And that was also in Madrid, so maybe 20, 30 minutes from the uh, Buggyland track. Mm -hmm. And it was the same kind of surface, same high grip, but just a lot smaller track. 
So it's like 33 second lap time versus normally like 40 second lap times or so. So yeah, so three different kind of tracks testing to see how good the car is, how consistent the setup is. And yeah, it was a successful trip, I'd say. I did about 11 liters of fuel and it's all good. Did you enjoy your time? Did you do any touristy things while you was there in Spain? No, no touristy things. Was you called surfing or did you have an apartment? No, I I stayed in a hotel. So morning, wake up like nine, then uh, breakfast, go to the track Mm -hmm. and then leave the track at about eight, seven, eight in the evening. Then uh, go to the hotel, eat, charge everything up, take care of some work stuff, emails and this and that. Then it's suddenly like 1 a.m. or something and then go to bed and then repeat. Now, quick question, uh, because I meant to ask this of you and I wanted you to run this while while I have you here. You're testing a new car. You're not testing your old car. Run us through a test day with you. Like, what are you looking for? Are you making notes while you do this? Are you just doing it on your phone because you make everything, do everything on your phone? Are you writing? Are you writing notes literally? But- yeah, I do. So actually, this time I shared the notes also with uh, Mayako members mm-hmm. and some pictures and stuff. So as an example, let's see here. So the first day I was just sort of finding a base. I, I started where I ended last time. Plus, I had some new new parts, so that was uh, already knew that they would be better. So I just put them on. Mm-hmm. So the first day, I just got a base and sort of my standard five minute time and lap time. I knew where I was, and then the second day, I started to test shock pistons. So I had five, six, seven, eight whole pistons I wanted to try. I already knew what what I wanted to test. They were pre built. So I ran through all of those. And then uh, I also tried bladders instead of just emulsion. I also had some different rear drive shafts to test. So mm. I tried those. Then the third day, then I wanted to try different diff oils. So I did that. And also anti-roll bars, tried them. And then at the end of the day, I, I tried the different towing, mm-hmm. three degrees and 1.5. No, when you're testing then diffs. On day four, I repeated some things like, okay, okay so I tried the drive shafts again. And then th- that day we were actually filming all day. So I wasn't really testing much. The main focus was just on filming some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick yeah, question. Go on. on diffs, are you are you just running, are you just changing diff oil? Or are you just taking multiple sets of diffs and trying different things? Or- uh, I just changed the diff oil. Right, I, I do you have, have other diffs also, but... To really be, I don't know, I, I prefer to change the diff okay. oil in the same diff because of the drive, the outdrive wear and all that stuff. Mm. So you are eliminating any other factors that could influence the that makes sense. handling of the car. Then after four days of driving, then a full rebuild. So I took everything I learned. I just rebuilt the car completely and had the best, what I would think was the best setup. And then I saw, you know, how fast I could go, five minute runs, lap times. And it it was good, documented the setup that I ran, tried a few more sort of changes that I thought of uh, based on that. 
And then after that, I went to a different track because now I had a good base. So mm -hmm. I just rebuilt my car, set it up. It was really good on this track. And then I went to a different track. And then on the loose track, I basically wanted to see that can I keep the same base set up and just make a few small changes. So thin anti-roll bars. Uh, I tried the different pistons again to see which has the most grip, feels the best on that track. And then lowered the rear arm for low grip. Um, and what else did I do? I don't know. I, I played there. around with Ackerman a bit, but really, like that was really the only changes that that was needed. Find the right piston, go down on the anti-roll bars. Oh, and change the shock spring to progressive springs. Lower the rear arm, and that was it. You know, sorry, so. you mentioned shock springs, and I was listening to uh, Joe Zaire and ran out of talent yesterday. And he was in search of HB yellow springs, rear springs. And it seems like all the associated guys are looking for those and he can't find them anywhere. And I was remembering that was like our go-to spring for the JQ black edition on high, high grip surfaces. It's just funny how things go on. HB must've made a damn good yellow spring. Hey, I don't know. I mean, it's nothing special really. You know what? Explain the spring to me, itself. So explain to me real quick about the progressive springs and how they work. What makes them different? Like, because in layman's terms. Yeah, I mean, uh, many companies have actually made progressive springs, but I don't think they really sort of made them progressive enough. Mm -hmm. So, yes, they are a bit different, but it, the benefits aren't really there. So, in my opinion, a progressive spring needs to be more like this. Mm -hmm. Let's I mean, you put your hand behind it. Yeah. Oh, it's no light there. I'll get something as a backdrop. So mm -hmm. like this. So you see how the top of the spring, the coils are very close together. Yes. So that part of the spring is very soft. And then below that, the coils are sort of more normal. Well, the way this spring is designed is that this soft part, which compresses first, when the shock starts uh, to compress the spring, you see how the, those uh, coils that are close together, they just get eliminated. That part compresses. Because mm. that, that's the soft part of the spring, and then after that, it's the, so the hard part. Got you. That's, that's effective. So when you have this, it's almost like having two separate springs, a really soft one and then a hard one. And then where to put this point that uh, uh, spring changes from soft to hard or from hard to soft, whichever way you want to look at it, that depends on the car design. So you have to sort of design the spring for the car. Mm. And the way this one is made is um, I basically want the soft part of the spring to be pretty much compressed at ride height. So that just below ride height, it's still a bit soft, but then it gets harder because the soft part of the spring is sort of used up. Mm -hmm. But above ride height, the spring is really soft. So the benefits of that is that the spring doesn't jack the car up as much. So yes, you don't jump as much. You don't have as much pop off jumps, but the good thing is when you're cornering, you know, it doesn't want to unnecessarily sort of 
roll the car, lift the rear end when you break into a corner, lift the front when you accelerate. And the effect of a spring like this is adding a lot of traction. So if you are on a loose track, this progressive spring adds an incredible amount of traction, actually. It's... Mm -hmm. People aren't going to believe me because I'm saying this and I designed this spring and they, you know, but if they try it, they will see that I'm, what I'm saying is true and find the time when I've ever lied. So, or so ex exaggerated. Quick something question. Like this. So, now, do they come in different rates? Yeah. Uh, the, these springs will actually be released soon for JQ Racing. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, there'll be three different hardnesses, but the downside of these springs is on high grip, they aren't that good or as good. And the reason is this soft section. So then mm. the car doesn't feel as precise to drive because of all the grip and traction initially that the car has, it's, it just, it doesn't feel, it always feels a bit soft and it's just not as good to drive as with normal springs. So high grip, normal, normal springs, Low grip, definitely these progressive. And then medium grip track depends on the layout and your preference. But yeah, it's a really good tuning aid. And that's something that I sort of confirmed during this trip also, because the buggy land track, big jumps, high grip, high speed. Yeah, normal springs were better there. But then uh, Albacete track, super low grip, definitely the progressive springs, front and rear, just gave the car so much more grip. Mm -hmm. So now I yeah. saw one video of you and I know that wasn't you driving. Was that your secret test driver that you won't tell me about in Spain? No, I was driving in the videos. It really looked wild, but then, yeah. Um, good stuff, man. Learn anything. Else? Make, making a comeback, just like Degani said, you know, we have 11 year old technology now. How many times have I still heard doing this good? So now we're getting, you know, up to date technology. Mm -hmm. I've heard this. I'm having a comeback story for four years now. Uh, the closest no, you, this time I really am. No, the closest you came was DNC 2018. Uh, I, you think so? I, I still don't think no, so. Fact, like I had engine problems the whole time. It's you really qualified ninth. Me. You qualified ninth in your last yeah, round. Yeah, with an engine, engine that was different every single lap. And yeah, but super you got it sorted out by then. And, and then, then, then you purposely the put lap. these stickers on the on the champagne bottles to get disqualified because you was worried that you would make the A man and be successful and not be an underdog anymore. I figured it all out. I made that A-Main in the e-buggy that year. Yeah, but you didn't get to run it. Oh, did I you? I did get to run it. Oh, you did? Yeah. I you think was, so, yeah. Yeah, you just got in Mayfield's way at the end. You wouldn't let him pass. No, I didn't. He he was crying. He was getting worried or something. He was. He was worried about it. But I, I didn't, actually. He never... Oh, I can't remember. He if said something he about it in the interview. He didn't get close enough and I let him by. Or he expected... Or I did, I, he never got close enough. I can't remember. He basically he expected me to sort of pull over and wait three seconds. And that's not going to happen. That's what you do. Bow down to the Mayfield, JQ. No, you don't. Well, Ben Stern. Well, anyway, we, we ain't going to talk about that. But um, anything else you learn? Be real quick while we wrap this up and go into some RC news. Anything I learned? Yeah, I learned in Spain that I actually now really miss racing. Okay. And it's been, it's crazy. DNC, 2000. 20. 20. You did some races. Was the last after race. That, though, didn't you? I really did, like yeah. proper race. I did a Finnish national. Okay. Or two Finnish nationals. But that doesn't really, I mean, yeah. I don't know. You can't really even count that. 
I understand. I guess you can't count that now these days. I miss we have it some too. Fast drivers. Back. I saw everybody at Silver State, and I was just like, "Frick, I should have bet." You know what I mean? I wanted to go. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun when we can race again. Well, end I'm, of this year, I think. Yeah, it'd be fun That's when we all get be. together again too, and have you know just get up to the same uh, hijinks that we usually get up to when we get together. Um, I can't wait. Uh, all right. So, what is the future for you, real quick? Uh, what do you see happening? Europe's still on lockdown. Uh, are you gonna go back to Spain for a longer period of time? Are, are the regulations in Spain a little looser? That you can do this. I see they're racing in Italy a lot more. But you know, I, I saw a result. What do you think you're gonna do here? It's now summertime in in Finland. Well, getting to summertime, the two months that you guys do have. What are your plans, man? I think you should get on. You think you should just hop down to Spain for an extended period of time. Uh, I don't know yet. Really, I'm still sort of waiting to see how the restrictions go mm-hmm. soon i can start running here so that that will be good mm-hmm. and i think i'll just mainly be here hopefully i could go to sweden for example because sweden already has quite different tracks to here that would be good if i could go for a week to sweden for example yes that would be really really good and not having to travel far yet and then I hope, I really hope that at the end of the summer, sort of August, September, October, this sort of time that the restrictions would be gone. And if so, then I would hope that I can just drive to Southern Europe, to Spain, Portugal, Italy, you know, somewhere like that, and then do some testing and racing over there. So I don't expect to be able to race before then, really, sort of September, October time. Well, that gives you plenty of yeah, time. Yeah, if to we start. have some Finnish nationals or something, I can. If we can have races here in Finland, mm-hmm. I'll do them. But then any international racing, I, I don't see anything happening for me before sort of then September, October, that kind of time. Well, you know what, dude? You can take this time to design your Nitro Truggy and E Truggy because I think it's time to accept that your buggy career is over and you're going to be a Truggy specialist. And now you can be in e truggy specialist because it isn't going anywhere. It's growing. And so get to busy. Get busy on making that Mayako well, e-truggy you know, and truggy. This, this is going to be my comeback now. So when we get back to racing, then then I'll be I'll surprise you. I'll surprise you with my uh, eight-scale nitro skills when we get back. You are an e-buggy truggy specialist. Just accept. I'll, I'll be very well prepared and you'll see. I'm not holding my breath because I'd like to live. But um, <laughs> I've heard this story every year for the last four years now. So Yeah, but it's weird. I've never seriously been able to do it. But now I am. Are you, no, have, you're imagining that you can project, do it. You you're know, imagining. Can... You haven't raced in a year and you're like, I'm still fast. I can, be, I can do this. You are putting this fantasy world where you are fast in nitro bug. I mean, you're still good. The speed the speed is directly correlated to the amount of time and uh, effort that you put into it. And I can see that I will have the time and I will put in the effort well, for 2022. You know what? As much as we we, compl- we 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 said about the Drake getting the 40 plus rule which we'll talk about today, he does put in the time and effort and you know what? I think he's head and shoulders above. I do think you can be Westergaard right now, though. 
I don't think you could beat no, Drake. No. Next time I race Drake, I'll beat him. I don't think so. Uh, but I definitely think yeah, you can, I, I think you can beat Westergaard, no problem right now. He is definitely... What's Westergaard doing? He's slipping. He, about building something. He's so busy. He's doing RC 24-7, building tracks, all this type of stuff. I think he's... But he's doing biz RC a lot. But I definitely you can beat him right, now. Right, he's doing it. And I'm not. Yeah, but I think he's... Yeah. I haven't for the last fucking. But I think you can years. beat him. I think you can beat him because he's slowly co- kind of going down the ranks right here. He was at one moment he was doing really good and he was like climbing, and now he, it's either he's just stalled and slightly sliding back down. So definitely can beat Vestergaard. Uh But Drake, you have no chance. I don't even think you could beat Ronda right now. <laughs> she looked good. How much you want to bet? She looked good. You want to bet? Yes, let's bet. How much you want to bet? What are we betting here? Uh, like next time I ra- race Drake, I'll beat him. I bet you $500 you don't. I'll take that bet. 500 bucks. Jesus, I probably lost 500 bucks. 500 bucks. <laughs> uh, I beat Drake next time I race. 500 him. unicorn dollars. If, if you win, it's unicorn. <laughs> if you win, it's unicorn dollars. If I win, it's real money. Uh, no, US dollars. Yeah, unicorn dollars for you, US dollars for me. Right. All right, dude. <laughs> I don't think you could beat him. You know what? It's time to go into the RC news. And the RC news is brought to you by High Tech RCD. Since 1983, High Tech has been an industry leader in engineering and manufacturing radio control systems, servos, and telemetry components. Our team of top engineers have researched and developed the most superior tech, superior servo technologies in order to bring you the highest level of performance and reliability to your hobby. Along with high tech's rock solid reputation for quality products, including an extensive charger line, we have a dedicated customer service team available to offer constant support. Trust in high tech, your servo and charger headquarters. Please go check out their Bluetooth uh, RDX2 Pro charger, where you can charge up two 4S batteries for your e buggy love and get that done and out of the way. And Check out their HSB-9381TH servers so you can pimp out your ride with these ultra-efficient servers that actually, I believe, they regenerate current into your battery when you when you break. They're like hybrids. Uh, they are available at A-Main Hobbies, HRP, Max Products, Motion RC, Robot Shop. I am trying to get Beach RC to carry them. If you have any, uh, if you have any inquiries of being on the team, please hit up their USA Surface Manager that is my good buddy, Mike the Nightmare Walker, and he will get you sorted out. So thank you to High Tech RC, High Tech RCD for the support, and they bring you the RC News this week. So Joseph, the RC News is pretty like, pre-silver state and it's all eight scale related so i knew you would like this you want to be involved in this but first up off the bat is reg usa alex i believe now the alex morelli and shane are now not the reds usa distributors now i don't know what happened her um but it seemed like Reds was on a comeback in America, and it seems like they are. So this is strange. I mean, I know Alex is super controversial, like you, on Facebook, and um, people get mad at his posts and stuff like that. Maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. But um, they were doing good. I don't know what's going on. I haven't spoken to Alex. I don't really, you know. But apparently, Kenny Johnson posted that um, A-Man will be carrying them, and they're working on a distributor. I have an idea who the distributor might be. We'll see. But it just seems like a, another torment, tor, tor, tormentalist. Like, you know, Reds USA just seems to not stay long. I mean, Alex Pilsen had it. He did well for a while. Then he phased out. Then 
Alex Morelli and them guys take it over. They start good, do good for a year, and they're phasing out. What is it that, like, obviously, the Reds motor is, like, it's the only non-based, non-OS-based motor that is competing with the OS-based motors out there, but it just seems to lose footholds with distribu- distribution in in America. Now people can order stuff straight from Italy, stuff like that at the moment. Um, it might be changed now, but what's your opinion on this? You have worked with Reds closely for many years. You know they're also very, if you say they're difficult to work with, then they're difficult to work with. What's your thoughts on this, Joseph? I don't think they're difficult to work with, but uh, they are very stubborn. It's coming from the most stubborn mind I've ever met. No, no, you're wrong. Stubborn in a negative way. It's good to be stubborn when you're right, but it's not good to be stubborn when you're wrong. Okay. And it's not good to be stubborn when you don't know if you're right or wrong. There's a big difference. People say I'm stubborn. Yes, I am stubborn, but I'm stubborn when I know I'm right or when I think I'm right. Okay. When I don't know, I'm not stubborn about it because I'm honest with myself and with other people that I don't know. So yes, maybe someone disagrees with me on something, but I have a very sort of thought out reason for holding my belief. So I'm stubborn. I have thought about it, tested, whatever. So I have this belief, knowledge, belief, whatever you want to call it. And it's not, I'm not just going to change it on a whim, like because someone has a different opinion. No, because it's taken time and effort for me to form this opinion. But with the people at Reds, it's not like that. It's like whatever they have is the best and works and is awesome. And if you have a problem, it's on you. It's your fuel. It's this, it's that. It's always something else, right? Mm-hmm. And when you go to them with something like, hey, I found this, this is a bit of an issue. Even if they don't know, they just say it's not an issue. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, t- it took one year or more for me to prove to them that there was an issue with the horizontal carb. And it took me being in Italy and them tuning the engine and me saying, look, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to drive. You see this issue, you're going to solve this issue now. They couldn't. The issue I was having was that the tune would change. Yes. I would do a lap, it would be fine. The next lap, I go, everything's fine. Then after the infield, I accelerate and it's rich. And they could not solve it. And after one day at the track, trying every single thing that they could think of, they couldn't solve it. And what happened? Later on, they went back to the normal carb, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Well, it took me one year. Arguments, me using the old carb, me being told off for using the old carb, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. And then they accepted it. Do you see what I mean? So that's the difference between being, you can be stubborn, but you have to be right. And if you don't know something, be honest about not knowing it. Find the, find the truth, the solution, whatever. Don't default to being right, even when you don't know that if you're right or wrong. So there's a difference. Okay. So that's, I would say, the issue that they have. That, I agree but with for you. For distribution, like, I don't know. Like, yeah. The, the difficulty is that there are so many 
brands already out there that all the good ones are taken. Right, but Reds was on the Reds was on the uptick. I mean, Cole Ogden has been doing pretty good. I see people that are running Reds now, like when we was running Reds, and that swore down that Reds were the biggest pieces of shit out there. Like, you know what I mean? Now I see them running the yeah, cars, so running engines. So when I ran Reds, they they really, I mean. Greg always said that I get the C-team engines. Mm -hmm. The thing with Reds was that they were good. Other than with the horizontal carb, I got them to run really well. I didn't have flame-out issues. Everything was okay. Mm -hmm. They struggled when it got hot. Mm. Hot weather, they just... There was, I just, they were never quite as good. It was harder to tune. They kept running on, you know, these kind of issues. Mm-hmm. I've been there so, with you and I've seen to, these issues. So, yeah, thanks to Reds, I have actually learned a lot about engines. And then I did that whole engine tuning video and learned even more. I think now if I went back to Reds, it would be interesting to see, like, could I get them to work even better? But see, here's the difference. What I'm saying is, I think that with them, you have to be an expert and you had to be on point to get it to run in all conditions well. Like if you're running in Finland, fine, they'll run. But then when you go to 30 degree Southern Europe and want to race along Maine, that's where the issues come in. There you sort of have to be really on top of it and an expert. And Mm -hmm. do you see what I mean? Like it's such a fine line of getting the... Yes. Best performance. Out the, of the tuning window Whereas is very then, small. Yeah, with the ultimate racing stuff, which is OS based. So any pretty much any OS base, it's it's just easier. Not you according to Greg Degani. Run man. it. Well, Greg yeah. special. Uh, <laughs> Greg is special. But the thing is that an engine should be engine should work in the way where the difference between the best performance and then going a bit too far and it being a bit lean mm-hmm. isn't so so drastic. So with an OS, if you mess up the tune a bit and it's a bit lean or something changes and it it's not quite right, it still feels good to drive. Like the drivability is still there. It's not sort of an issue. But I always had issues back when I ran uh, Reds. You know, it was a bit off and I couldn't drive anymore. So yeah, but. Having said that, when I switched, right when I switched, they sw- they changed their carburetor completely. They changed the manufacturer of it. Pico used to make them. Now they switched to uh, the Serial guys, whatever mm. that's called. I can't remember now what, it's what Syria, the manufacturer it? is called. Yeah, yeah Serial. They had that brand before. Anyway, so same as Orion. So they have the same carb, I think, now mm-hmm. as... Uh, but Pico-based engine or, or Pico-based car? List. Sorry, Serial-based engine or Serial-based uh, car? No, so they still have, I believe that Reds still have the Pico-based engine, but they have a Serial-based carb. I think the case, it's a mix now. <laughs> I think the case maybe may, is made also where the Serial, mm-hmm. with the Serial guys, because it's a different manufacturing technique for the case. And then that's why they also use that carb. But okay. I think that uh, other stuff is still the same as what they used before, sort of the Pico-based internals and all that. 
But anyway, a lot has changed, and that's right when I switched. So the new stuff that they have, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they solved the problems they had with all the new stuff. I it don't seems know. To be if you ask them, they did. But see, that's the thing. You can't believe them. You have seems to try to it for yourself. I think the big disconnect with Reds is too is that they always want to sue some people. Like they wanted to sue you, they wanted to sue Mayfield. Um, and then like, even with the rank, they're going to sue you now because I said this on probably, the podcast. um, probably, uh, with the top 25 ranking system, like they don't want boots on there. They don't want any of the drivers. Yeah. Allegedly, allegedly they use uh Pico based stuff on the internals and, uh, Syria made case and cob allegedly. It's like they just, <laughs> they want to control everything and they, it's just, well, it's the whole RC industry and period, but they go to the extreme. <sighs> They are very close, I would say. Like, really, they that's the thing that frustrated me because some things were really good, right? Mm-hmm. And they was like, hey, let's solve this issue. And they, they could be better. Like, hey, I have this idea. Try this. But everything was like, no, it's this is right and you're wrong, basically. Okay. I remember Always. that. Like, I remember you having that frustration. You have to work together. with Like, if I'm running your stuff and all around the world – traveling around the world, tuning, doing this, doing that. You should listen to what I have in my experience and then work together to improve it. And if they had done that for the last five years, who knows? Maybe they would have the best engine in the world right now. Mm-hmm. But because of their attitude, they don't. You know, It took one year for them to figure out that the horizontal carb had an issue well, where it could have been like one discussion well, because they wanted they know, it to work. okay, there's an issue. And then during that year, they could have solved it, worked on it, figured it out, you know? Well, it was the gimmick, and they had to make it work. You know what I mean? That's what made their cars different from everybody else. Yeah, but else. That's, you can't say that it is working when there's an issue. Then then make it work, Well, you know? Well, it seems to be that the new, the Super Veloce or whatever that they got out, they're doing good. Um, if the people that I think are going to take up the distribution do do it, I mean, Amy might take it, who knows? But maybe the other people, I think Kenny Johnson's still going to be involved. He's done good, done good things for them. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens because, I mean, they do sponsor like Brock, Champlin, for electrics and, and whatnot, and Cole. But Cole sponsor. I think they might just be sponsored through Italy. So we shall see. We'll, we'll, take, we'll just pay attention to this as it unravels. Um, it's been very hard. I doubt they made all those changes for nothing. You know? yes, so exactly. I would hope that all the uh, changes to the new engine they made improved it also. So, Understandable. I mean, Understandable. All right, yeah. so next up in the news is, and this is, while this may not be a big thing for others, it actually is something that happens in, in eight scale quite a lot. And um, basically, I think this man was a big part of, of and thank you to Circus RC for uh, breaking the news, but Very has left Angaro, or Very and Davide Angaro have split ways. And uh, it looks to looks to be like Very is headed to Reds to be now Boots mechanic, and work with Reds, and he's been with uh, Angaro for since 2013. So he was there for when he won his Worlds, and you know he's been very inter- influential in his in his in his progress. So I think people might be like, this isn't a big deal. This doesn't happen in America and whatnot like that. But in in Europe, having a dedicated pit mechanic is a mechanic is something big. I mean, they have it in, in America too, but I think this is big for Davide. I think this is great for Elliot, big for Davide, uh, and maybe I think it's kind of not as good for Davide, you know? 
having this guy heard. You know, do you know Vary? You've talked to him. Well, I guess he speaks yeah. English. Uh, just just so people know who he is and what he does, just give us a brief bio on him, real quick, and tell him his uh, what he does for Angaru. Well, I mean, he's been in the industry forever, and I guess he must have raced at some point. Mm-hmm. But I only know him as a mechanic. <laughs> so yeah, he has a lot of knowledge when it comes to cars, mechanical <clears throat> build stuff, and ways to improve things and set up stuff and he's been there you know world championships and european championships and all that stuff so he has experience and knowledge on that level as a mechanic at least and yeah maybe you said he was going to reds now so he got a job at reds mm-hmm. uh maybe they'll listen to him yeah. so that's good yeah, we, well, he's italian <laughs> but i think he's yeah, going to be great exactly. for boots so, because boots needs yeah, that mechanic. i think I think it will be good to, for Boots. Um, I think Boots has sort of had a bit of a rotation of mechanics b- based on where he is. Well, first it was Liam. Maybe a bit more consistent with S-Works now, yes. but I, I think that if Vary is going to be Elliot's mechanic, I think, or one one of the mechanics, I think that will be a really good thing. And for David, the thing is that if Very was the one that sort of came up with the setup change ideas and stuff, then that could be a bit of an issue. Mm-hmm. If he was only there to, you know, glue tires and put fuel in the tank during pit stops, if his role wasn't that active, then it will be less of an issue. But I think, I don't know, but my hunch is that he had more of an active role yes. of actually sort of figuring out what to change and this and that. And that can be a pretty big hit for Ongaro. Also, there's two other things. So Ongaro has been, over the last few years, the sort of fastest guy, like the guy, really, if you think about it. I don't consider him that. Even though he he didn't really have the wins even, but still people watch him like that's kind of the Superman guy. You know the guy to beat. Even he, he wasn't a world champion or anything. Like, mm-hmm. but still going to the worlds, it's like yeah, he's gonna be real. He probably win this. You know, uh, I think that there's a risk of that changing now for two reasons. So one, he's getting up to the age now where you know he starts getting interested in uh, girls and all Her's that stuff. Got a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's some distractions now, mm-hmm. and. Uh, also, he has done it now. He is world champion already. He has won uh, Neo. But he isn't a he, European champion. He's sort of done that stuff already. But yeah, but he's won the big races. He, he's got the credibility now. Race. He has distractions now. And uh, very leaves. And then also, I've said this before. I think that his, um, his advantage was his unique driving style combined with his setup, Mm -hmm. right? And part of the setup was the design of the car, and that's changed now. So Associated don't have the wide rear pivot anymore. They have a sort of compromised pivot. It's not wide, it's not narrow. I think that he will lose, because of this, he will lose the benefit that he had of the wide rear pivot having natural corner speed. His setup was all about corner speed. His car was very loose 
and he maintained corner speed with very precise driving driving inputs. Now he, because of the car design, loses that benefit. Um, so this is just my opinion. You know, mm-hmm. you can disagree if you want. But no, I agree. The thing is that he, as a driver, can do the same thing as he did three mm-hmm. years ago, two years ago, but he will be slower. Mm-hmm. Well, okay? he has not won on American so soil to, either yet. Well, that's another thing. That's because that the way his car was set up doesn't work for something like DNC or Silver State or these typical American tracks, you know? <clears throat> typical American tracks, you have to drive in a different way a bit where you have to have grip, you know? You have to be you have to know exactly where you're going to accelerate and how fast you're going to hit the jump and where you hit it and where you land, right? Mm-hmm. Now, yes, uh, as we saw DNC a few years ago when he was f- battling with Mayfield for the win, I think it was, he was right there. Like, yes, he can win, mm-hmm. but it's very difficult for him with the setup he was running. Worlds, sort of a mix of US Euro style track. Europe, obviously, we know he's super fast. Neo is a bit of a different story, story you know, because it's sort of, just the way it is it's sort of low speed and a lot of jumps it's smooth surface it's a different story i think they his style can work uh so anyway the old way was sort of perfect scenario for him now the new associated will just automatically sort of make him a bit slower so he has to either adapt his driving or his setup or something um to gain an advantage again. I don't really know if he can gain an advantage um, with the current car they have. Do you see what I mean? Like mm-hmm. before he had an advantage compared to the others. I know when things were just right for him, it's almost like he was unbeatable. Now, when things are right, as right as they can be with the current setup, knowledge, car, everything, he doesn't have that edge. He isn't faster than the other guys. You can even see it in the races he's done in Italy, you know, he's finishing third, yeah, qualifying Boots second, beat him a few like weeks fourth. Ago. Yeah, it's like there are Baruffalo, Boots, beat him the other day too. Breton. Those three guys consistently can beat him or out-qualify him. Was there someone else too? Uh, no. At least, at least those guys, right? And where I think a few years ago, he, he was the man. Like, he would TQ and win... You know, at will almost. Yep. So it's going to be interesting to see now with all these things coming together. The car, very leaving, and him having a girlfriend and distractions and all that. Like, how is he going to do? I'm hearing some rumors about Associated, too. Maybe this might be in there. Um, I'm not going to say. Huh? No, I can't say. I just heard that they might be on the the, uh, for sale block. That's all I heard. Uh, I don't know. I've heard two different companies. But I'm not going to say who. And I've only heard it from like two people. But very going to to S-Works, uh, I think is a good thing for Elliot. Really good thing for Elliot. And Reds too. Sorry. Sorry, he's going to Reds. You know, Reds and S-Works are affiliated. I think it's going to hurt the V-Day a lot. Because he was kind of, he's been kind of struggling. Like he said, he's been kind of struggling lately. And now he's got a girlfriend and he's, you know, just... He's kind of into, you can see he's not wearing hats anymore. He's letting his hair out, you know, all this type of stuff. 
So he's enjoying life a little bit, which he should because, you know, he kind of missed out on a lot of stuff as a racer going around and whatnot. And like I said, Baruflo and Boots and those guys are beating him now in Italy, where before he would beat those guys all the time. But Boots is always, like, when I first met, Boots had Liam. I guess Boots first had his dad, and then Liam was involved with him for a few years. I always say that Boots' first um, Euros in 2015 really was because of Liam. You know what I mean? That was should have been Liam's uh, victory. But I think uh, Craddock got it because he had just moved to Kyosho, and Craddock became his mechanic. Then he had Craddock, who was good for him for the Azures, and they got another, they got a, a, um, they got another Euros. And it seems with S-Work, he's been kind of floating with mechanics, like you said. So Barry coming in, very coming in, and be, like dedicating to 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 Boots is just going to make him even better. See, I know what it is, is that, and then Barry can also work with um, Kanas, language barrier, all that type of stuff, you know, too. So, well, he, Kanas runs, what does Kanas run? MX or Reds? I can't remember. I can't remember. But anywho, um... It's interesting to see. I think this is going to be play a major role with with Davide. Why did he leave? Money, obviously, he wants to get paid. Maybe Associated isn't going to pay him. I, it's not like we see a whole bunch of Associated cars in Italy anyway. It's not like we see a whole bunch of, like, yes, people race Associated, but it's not one of the, it's it's a big brand, but it's not as big in the eight-scale world in Europe. Wouldn't you say that, Joseph? I'm associated? Yeah, or is it bigger than what I'm No, talking? not really. Yeah, it's not like Mugen. It's, it's kind not, of weird, actually. Yeah. yeah. They have good drivers and everything, but it's not really that big. So this will be interesting to see. Very, It's going to be great. 2013, that's a long time. Um, more European news, because this is all I could find lately. Euros. The Euros are officially canceled at Redavon, which is sucks. But we knew that was going to happen. I think that yeah. Redavon should just have a race. They should have the RCGP in October. They should. Hopefully. That would be great. And I mean, it's scheduled for it. So really, I did I, not know. I that. say should because there are still restrictions. But. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe I get to Spain this year. Maybe I get to Spain. Maybe. Um, Joey's new forty-plus rule and Drake's response. I'm leaving that for the SCRC, Don and Quiet segment. So I think that's pretty much it. Did you have any other news comments that you wanted to talk about, Joseph? No. All right. You know what? I think that's enough for news. We're going to go on to the Beach RC Bench Racing Q&A. BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at beachrc.com today. And th and Joseph, where are you? You're supposed to be in the shot. But thank you to BeachRC for bringing us the... Uh, thank you to BeachRC for bringing us the bench racing Q&A. We do have some questions that we had a couple of weeks ago when we were supposed to record, and we have a couple that people asked in private and, and the post that we made yesterday. So thank you guys for your questions. Thank you, BeachRC, for your support. We greatly appreciate it. And, hey, if you guys can, please go to BeachRC. Use our affiliate link. It really helps us out. And, yeah, show them some love. I mean, that's a brick-and-mortar hobby shop. They're doing big things. They go to races. They sponsor a lot of things. 
Brent's doing really big things in the industry. So if you guys can, please use our affiliate link and show BTRC some love and, and, and buy some stuff from them. All right, let me put Joseph in back in. He seems to have stopped making a whole bunch of noise. Did you have to get another beer? No. Okay. All right, Joseph. Um, we have a few questions, and a lot of them are set-up questions. So he goes, Jeff Reichelt, Reichelt goes, he's from up in the, uh, Canada with the Canada JQ guys. Lefty, let's go full science mode on shocks. What actually works and what is a waste of time? Types of pistons, hull size, the amount of hulls. I feel too many go down a rabbit hole with this. Well, I think we could go down a rabbit hole with this, period, you know. So go ahead, Joseph. What type of you, – you are the shock man. You love shocks. What do you – Yeah, I'm we sure. don't have time to do that here on the podcast. But basically, uh, eight-scale buggies, like five 1.5 pistons, front and rear works really well. Uh, six, seven, eight hole pistons also work. Mm -hmm. So progressively smaller holes. Six hole is like one, three, one, four. Seven hole, actually about the same. And then eight hole is normally one, two, one, three size holes. So those all work. Combination of, combinations of those all work. The difference is that with more holes, so the eight hole, for example, you can set the suspension to be a bit softer but it will still have good pack. So what that means is the suspension can be really good on sort of a rough surface while still landing well. Um, by rough surface, I mean like the texture of the dirt and like tractor marks, footprints, that kind of stuff. So you'll feel like you have more grip with those pistons. Okay. So loose track, that could be an idea to try those you know, more holes because you'll, you will have a bit more grip. Then something like five holes. Uh, why would that be good? That's good because you actually run a bit thicker oil, hard, harder damping because it doesn't have enough pack. So if you run it too soft, it will just feel too soft everywhere. Chassis slapping and all that stuff. So you have to run it a bit harder. So that overall calm, that overall feeling of the car will actually be calmer, more stable, a bit slower, like everything happens slower. So whether eight hole can be too responsive, if that's the case, five hole would just slow everything down a bit. Um, so that's really good on something like high, a high grip track or a difficult track or a track where your car feels nervous. You know, go, go to less holes, bigger holes, you calm it down. So yeah, five, six, seven, eight hole pistons—they all work. Okay, yeah, we could that would we could do a whole podcast on that. Yeah. All right. Next up is Douglas Reek. He says, "Indoor clay season complete. What do you recommend for staying in practice for the summer?" Uh, I recommend you go get yourself a nitro buggy, man. I I know people be like, "Oh, you should go get an e buggy," but I actually think you should go get a nitro buggy and um and and get. Go, go with that because I think it will make you a better driver. You'll learn more. It's going to be hard if you haven't done Nitro before, but you can go get help from people and and just learn because once you learn Nitro Buggy, everything else is easy, I think. Okay, so that would be my opinion to you, Douglas. What about you, Joseph? Nitro is the glory. There we go. See, best thing you've said in a long time. Eddie Fink. When looking for more grip in eight scale, what would you adjust first that has has the less negative effect on steering? Inboard rear toe, outward rear toe, 
rear camber link, rear wheel, rear wheelbase, or add more front droop or kick up. And what did he want? He's looking for more forward grip, but he does not. He wants something that gives him more forward grip without affecting his steering, without negatively affecting the steering of his vehicle. Uh, well, it depends on so many things. It's kind of hard to to. He's driving a tech no, answer, but so. If you just want more forward grip, forward drive, like can you go thicker in a diff? Because thicker diffs will give you more acceleration. And the front diff, it doesn't really affect steering that much, to be honest. You know, can you go a bit thicker? Can you go thicker in the center diff? Can you go thicker in the rear diff? So if you can go thicker in all three diffs, maybe a bit, that can help. Reducing, can you reduce camber a bit? That will help. Um, can you add some anti-squat that will help those are like the first and most sort of obvious things and then the other things yes they kind of affect steering a bit more then so if you add add toe in that that sort of gives more rear grip not really drive necessarily unless that's the problem that you're sort of fishtailing and you can't just go straight you know, so it depends on so many things. But like I said, the first things would be thicker diffs, less camber, more anti-squat. Yeah. If it's purely just like needing more drive. Well, the number one thing really is tires. That's the number one thing. So are you running a compound that's too soft? Soft tires, they won't have as much drive. So maybe a harder compound, maybe a different tread. All right. Yeah. Benjamin James, do you foresee Roar sanctioning a carpet offered national championship? Yes. I have nothing wrong with I that. I don't know. Yeah, I think they will. I mean, they've had carpet worlds. Why wouldn't they have a carpet nationals in America? It's, it's, the, it's the surface that's gaining the most popularity in the world right now. They haven't had a carpet worlds. Yes. Well, AstroTurf worlds. Sorry. I, I get AstroTurf and carpet kind of mixed up what do you mean yes they had have probably i don't know if it was 2015 was astroturf yeah but it wasn't a different class no 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 right isn't he asking if there will be like a separate race for carpet no 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 no, no, champs and carpet champs um oh okay yeah i never looked at it like that I don't think we need to. I think you just race on it because that's what we're racing. Like in on. touring car, they've had, I think, right, 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 sort right, of carpet right. and asphalt as separate events. I mean, why? I think we should just have a carpet race one year, like or whatever, like you know, one year about one. I mean, basically, we're all going to carpet anyway. Know. But to section a whole other race to put on top of all these other races that are going on, I don't think it's worth it. But if you make a, a, a nationals a, a carpet race, sure, go for it. Uh, what, what up next? Uh, this is, uh, in, uh, Instagram question. He wants to know, this guy's got up. He's from Sweden actually. So favorite track surface. And if you have any tips on how to maintain tracks in the wet Swedish conditions, I'm not from Sweden. Uh, I like, I like an old school type of track. I don't like it as rough as silver state was, but I like a mix between that. And, um, mind you, I didn't, I would 
I've raced on tracks like Silver State before. But as I don't know what the surface is in Sweden, I mean, it's kind of similar to Finland, I would guess. What do you guys do over there in Finland, Joseph? To keep the tracks together? Yeah. There are some different uh, chemicals. Like one is just calcium, like mm -hmm. the salt that they put on roads to keep the dust down and keep moisture in it. And then there are some other sort of dustex is one. It's this biological sort of a bit like molasses, but not quite the same thing. So you put, put that on the surface also, and it sort of binds it together, reduces dust, makes it harder. So. Yeah. I'm I think actually, honestly, the best we've done is really that salt. So the, it's like flakes of salt, really. Mm. And you mix it with water and you mix it with the dirt and then you pack it. And really? That's, yeah. Well, that's the best. Yeah. I don't know where, what part of Sweden he's racing in, but uh, I would say oil too, man. Try the oil thing because it's for wet. Honestly, the oil seems to be working. They're doing it down in Australia. They do it in England. Maybe you guys can, because it seems that, you know, they want to, for the wet weather and get yourself some cooking oil and and dump a bunch on it um zach talks about it a lot but i'm i'm definitely a believer in the oil i'm a believer in the oil so get yourself some some oil and try it out so thank you for the question instagram questions by the way i thought of one thing okay. this is like super nerd level for shocks okay. well we're going to talk about shocks right now oh okay so we have another shock question this comes from Tmelt17 on Instagram. I actually have two questions. What's the difference in changing shock piston holes, number of holes versus changing oil weight? And number two, with the mint, with the minute changes you can make chasing the perfect setup, when should you stop making changes and just drive the car? I am definitely a big proponent of stop making changes and just drive the damn car. I okay, kind of do so that here, on day one. I'll answer that first and then that whole thing I already covered, but... Um, Okay, I'll answer that that last part first, and then I'll come with a super nerd on okay. pistons theory. Okay, ninety-eight point seven percent of the people that listen to this podcast, what they actually need to do is the basics on their car, not even changing the setup, but actually making sure shock oil is the right for the temperature like that's the only thing really that needs changing and then after that just making sure that everything is free and moving correctly and uh, you are actually running the setup you think you're running so droop left to right front back right height everything's moving correctly the car is in good working condition you know that's really what you need to do because that is what i always end up doing mm -hmm. people ask me for help and I just unfuck their car. It's not that the car is actually in perfect running order and we make a strategically planned setup change. Mm -hmm. That never happens. It's always they have a pile of crap that needs to be unfucked. Okay, so you your shock oil is like 200 CST too thick. What are you doing? Like, have you never felt the suspension of a car that's actually functioning like why do you think that porridge in the shocks is good like this is so Oatmeal basic for like, everybody Americans. feel your car and then feel someone else's car and like know what the car is supposed to feel like step number one so have your car feel like that i think people this should be like really simple 
I think people chase Always setup that, too much. Right? I think you should just drive the fucker. Yes, they do, but they chase setup when they don't even have the basics, right? I agree. There. And that's I agree pointless. There. So just go, like, make sure the basic functionality of the car is there and then work on setup. But like I said, 98.7% pe- of the people listening to this, they are actually in the situation where they don't need to make any setup changes. They just need to fix the basics. So that's my opinion on that. I think what he's, then, I think what he's more saying is once you got all that, great. Then you just drive the car. Now, can I give an example? Okay. So my last big race was 2018 AMS, right? Many years ago. And I went there and I went with a pretty much box stock black JQ black edition that everybody that got got raced at the nationals a couple of weeks before that by a guy, um, nothing serious. I just raced that with a with a Reds R five I engine, you know, basically the JQ package that we sell. <clears throat> when I went to AMS, I just went to like the HB Yellow Springs. I went to zero in our outboard tow on the on the um, on the outboard tow of our car because I wanted it to rotate a little bit more, and I and I raised my links up. That's about all I done, dude. And I went up in diff oils and stuff like that. I just had my, my morning tires and my afternoon tires. And I had so much fun. All I did was change tires, check my car for the entire, like, you know, go over my car, make sure everything's tight, and clean it. Keep it clean. Make sure everything's loose and not binding. And I, I literally, my car couldn't have been better and for me. And I just had so much fun, and I didn't worry about testing anything. I knew what tires worked. I knew what compounds worked. I had so much fun. And that's when I just got, I'm not going to, I can't do the decision. I'm not going to make this car any better. I'm just going to have to drive it. You know what I mean? And I think that's what a lot of people have to realize. You cannot, you will, I don't think you'll ever have a perfectly set up car. At some point, you just have to fucking drive it. Simple as that. You have to gut it out and just drive it. Punto, punto y final. All right, now to the well, shock question. The problem is that people want to make changes to the car before they even know how the car drives. Yes. So the next step after you have actually made the car function as it should, the next step is to drive it enough to where you can be consistent, consistent lap times, consistent five-minute times. You have a feeling for the car now. I know that in this corner, the car pushes. I know in this section, I keep losing the rear end. And it's a consistent thing. Like, I have to drive slower here because the car doesn't turn enough. I have to be careful here so that the rear doesn't get loose. Like, you know these things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But people don't get to that point and that's why they can't make a good decision for what to change on the car. So, yeah, yeah. most of the time it's, it's like that. You have, would to have to get agree to that you. point first. Mm-hmm. The top guys like Mayfield, they know what's going to work. He drives the car and after he has driven the car, he knows what needs to be done because he can tell mm-hmm. what the car is doing in each section. Do you see what I mean? Yes, yes. You know, he has to adjust his driving and he can tell, like, I would like it to do something different in this section. And he thinks, okay, if I change this, it's going to do that differently. That's where people need to get first, but they don't. And that's why it's like shooting in the dark. Like, what does it matter what I tell you? It's not going to help you if you don't do the basics first and then drive it to where you know what's happening second. 
Mm-hmm. Also, I think people make too many changes at once and you don't get to see what's going on. People make too many changes not knowing what it's going to do. And then they don't know what change made the difference, if it makes it better. So make this, make small, like you always say, like half a millimeter is big on our cars. It's a big change on our car, always with a millimeter. You know, so yeah. when you go do something then it's like five millimeters difference, you've made a big change, bigger than big change on your car. So, uh, okay. uh, so anyway, so super nerd, sh- yeah. super nerd. Science mode, sorry. I'm curious to see, maybe people can uh, lie in the comments and say that they've thought about this, but uh, I don't think people have. I've never heard it, this from anyone. So why is it that five hole pistons, it's actually typically better to run five 1.5 front and rear instead of a split like 5 1.5 front 5 1.6 rear which people tend to do and then i often say like no go 5 1.5 front and rear but then when you run like seven holes eight holes you almost always have smaller holes in the front bigger in the rear so why is that with five holes you run 1.5 front and rear Eight holes, you run maybe one, two front, one, three rear. So I think that this is because of the way that the shocks pack up. So the rear shock is longer. The rear shock is further out in the arm. It means that the piston is moving faster. On a high-speed impact, the piston will pick up more speed than the front. So that means that the rear has more pack than the front. Uh, so to compensate for this, when we are running an eight hole piston, we put a bigger hole in the back so it doesn't have too much pack and it's not bouncing around. So it's more plush. Okay. That's fine. So why don't we do that with a five hole one? I think the reason is that the five hole piston, the way it packs up is different enough to where the change The difference between the way the front and the rear packs up is not big enough to where we need to compensate for that with the five-hole piston. Maybe the perfect setup would be something like uh, five 1.5 front and five 1.5 and a few holes, 1.55 maybe, some slight change only uh, on the rear. But uh, the difference with the eight-hole pistons the difference how the front and rear shocks pack up is big enough to where the same same pistons won't work uh, because that change in the change in pack is too drastic for what the piston can handle. So we have to go to a bigger hole in the rear shocks. So it has to do with how the different pistons. Uh, how the different pistons pack up mm-hmm. on a harder impact. Does that make sense? The more holes pack up more. Mm-hmm. So it's also more sensitive with the different piston speeds. So you have to compensate for that with bigger holes in the back. Small holes, I mean, fewer amount of holes, bigger holes, five 1.5s, for example. They don't pack up the same way. So that same way of thinking of compensating with the bigger holes in the back, it doesn't work anymore and it becomes too soft in the rear. So, yeah, sweet. I bet you people haven't thought about that. I know. So now you're a five hole piston guy. 
Well, no, it depends. So the JQ quite kind of likes the seven holes. It's really good everywhere. And then if you need to calm the car down, then the five hole is good. And then this new one, actually, it's like the range is bigger. The eight hole pistons are also good. So it's five, six, seven, eight, and finding the best combination with that. Well, thank you, T-Melt, for the question. And thank you, Joseph, for going in science mode. We need to switch this around. How do we do this? Hold on. Uh, Add stream. Add stream. There we go. I like being to the left of you. Um, All right. Thank you for the question. Uh, We have one final question. This comes from Peter Bartel. He wants to, he's a big fan of the podcast. He says he's been, I've been marathoning the early podcasts to get the history and I'm up to number 38. Wow. We have a lot of, you have a lot of, oh, those first few, those first three podcasts were horrible. Great content, but horrible audio. Uh, he's from Charlotte. I'm probably going to meet up with him when I go there. He wants to know, up travel is too much a bad thing. I've seen everything on Droop and I and the like I've, I like and bought and read Beaker's book. He says he loves your book. Keep it in, in my pit bag for quick reference. Uh, the Invisible Speed book is still available, correct, Joseph? Yeah. Okay. And now also uh, in different languages. Oh, now it's in different languages. Very good, very good. Yeah, Spanish, very good. Italian, German, and French. There you go. <clears throat> so basically he says, it seems to me that having so much up travel that the chassis bottom, bottom out slaps is not ideal because the tires got unloaded and we lose traction. So is it better to let the chassis slap or be- slap, or is it better to limit up travel a bit and keep the chassis off the track? Maybe on a bumpy track, letting the up travel be at max is good, but what about a smooth, fast, high grip track? This is actually no, something so we definitely, do. Definitely, yes. Always, yeah. the chassis always can hit the ground. That's a given. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the the wheels slightly move up after that. Like that's pretty much standard, a given thing. On the front, it's good always to have up travel because it uh, it just adds some safety. So if you hit a co- concrete corner or a rut or a pipe or anything, you know, it just doesn't immediately flip your car over. So that's good. And then on the rear, you can play with that a bit more. So when you reduce it or sort of almost eliminate it, yes, chassis still hits the ground. Um, that You have more corner speed that way. And so that it fe- the rear end feels stiffer, like it doesn't want to roll as much. So that's a good thing. But then as soon as there are bumps, the car won't be good in bumps. So then if you have a really bumpy track, then you would need that up travel in the rear also for that but then you lose corner speed so yeah but always yes the chassis hits the ground yeah i remember we had to put five millimeters of fuel tubing on the rear shocks at those high grip tracks so they didn't it just it was too much up travel so it people do do it especially on these high grip tracks like he said so it's definitely a tuning aid i think we end up end up using shock grommets and some of the plat like to make the Compression even different. Like sh- I actually remember that uh, when one year at DNC, when Associated went one and two <laughs> in Truggy, that was one of the things that, because I ran the Truggy that time, and that's when I made the carbon uh, braces for the arms. Mm-hmm. And then I, that's the other thing was that I limited rear up travel a lot. And then Rivkin and Cavalieri also did that. They ran the braces that. and limited that because it just added so much speed 
and everybody was so much more rotation and corner speed and it just it was a big deal and everybody wanted this on that actually had to add a lot like there was so much up travel you know it's like i added i don't know maybe like even 10 mil wow on the shock shaft like it was a lot i remember I remember everybody wanted those chas- this uh, arm braces too. So that year, you got any like drug dealer? You got any of them braces? You got any of them arm, them yeah. carbon fiber braces? JQ, I got them right over here. All right. Um, thank you everybody for the questions. We greatly appreciate it. Um, we look forward to your questions every week. Uh, thank you to BTRC for the support, the long time support of this podcast. Hopefully, getting Brent to do up some shirts for our travel here shortly. Uh, if you guys can, please use the affiliate link that is in the written description of this podcast. It shows us, uh, shows the podcast in love as well as BTRC. So, Joseph, I think we're going to go on to the SCRC Dawn and Quiet, which is going to be uh, pretty quick this week. Uh, stop and go, sorry. Uh, and then we will go on to do a Silver, Sa- Silver State recap. All right? Okay. Sunset University Raceway, the home of El Paso's world-famous motocross-inspired eight-scale off-road track. The Showers family has over 20 years experience creating one of the premier tracks in the USA. Their world-class facility has everything. Handicap accessibility, covered beds, skate starts, space for parking RVs, trailers, and lights for night racing. Follow SCRC on Facebook under Sun City RC Raceway for updates, upcoming races, or host your own race. And thank you to Sun City RC Raceway for their support. The RC Pro Series is there this weekend in El Paso. If you guys are on the fence about going to this awesome facility, please go visit them. The uh, Showers family will make you feel welcome. Joey definitely meets you, misses you, Joseph. He asked if you're confirmed. The other day on Facebook, I said you are confirmed to be the dumbest smart person I ever known. And uh, confirmed for what? I don't know. He just, it's just a joke that we go like, if you ain't gonna like, JQ is confirmed that he's not going. Uh, I hope to get what back race? to uh, they have the RC Pro Series race this weekend. Uh, oh, yeah. so yeah, I'm confirmed not going. Yeah, I'm, I confirmed you. Hopefully, to be, end of this year, they'd have some race I could go to. Yeah, maybe they get RCGP next year. That'd be great too. Um, for the Europe, yeah. for the American runs, which I think they How's should. the weather there in the no- November? Probably decent i don't know but check them out on facebook and uh show them some love they're really great family showers family awesome facility and good luck to everybody attending the rc pro series race this year so just i think i'm gonna play this video um because this is all this is all about age our age and rc because joey made a new rule uh prior to silver state actually let me bring up the rule because it's very you know, I get why people were con- kind of confused by this rule because it was very, it was worded very different. So, new class rule. If you are a pro driver, you will not be allowed to run in two classes with the same car. You have to pick between 40 plus or pro, but not both. A pro driver who is, is any driver who has 100% car manufacturer sponsorship or gets paid by car manufacturers to race said car. More updated uh more updates to come well this caused a big stink i was actually sick when this happened so i kind of came on a little bit late but i saw some of the the oh man someone's doing some banging next door uh not banging like bang, banging with a hammer uh not banging like you know what the other type of banging uh i want to say that 
here's my thoughts on this. I saw people like, oh, so that means we could just run two different classes. We can we can run the same two different classes with two different chassis. Oh, Joey just wants people to spend more money. No, this is something that's been going on. Like you, you're basically getting practice with these classes. You know, forty plus in this in this class. Bro, where are you going? Okay. I know what you're gonna say anyway. Oh, okay. Let me go to full screen her. So with that being said, um, here's my thoughts on this. Uh, they call it the Adam Drake rule because we kind of brought this up after uh, DNC when Adam done really good. And our thing was, it's not unfair to the 40 plus guys to do this. It's unfair to the guys in the pro class that he would get <clears throat> extra 30 minutes track time because how it is at DNC... They run the pro mains on the Sundays. I'm sorry, they run all the buggy, nitro buggy mains on the Sundays, so there's no truggy, there's no e-buggy. So, you know, all the pro guys that are in the A main already, unless they bumped, the guys that bumped got some extra practice, but uh, because they had to bump from the B main. But basically, uh, the guys, you know, Drake would run the 40+, plus, and he did really well at DNC. He's actually done really well at the last two DNCs running 40+. plus. So we kind of... We kind of attacked it from a different angle. We actually have a YouTube video. You can check that out. People agree with us. People don't. I still think I still think to this day <clears throat> that that gives him uh, an advantage. But here's my thing, right, Joseph? I'm going to bring you back in here, <clears throat> Joseph. Here's my thing. I think Joey had to make this rule because, you know, he's doing his U.S. Super Cup next year. And the pro class will have $10,000 on the line. I don't know. He hasn't announced the other races, but it's it's going to be like DNC, Lone Star, Silver State, and he's going to do some East Coast races. I'm even hearing that there might be a indoor race uh, in November on the East Coast. So we'll see. Uh, to say all of this, he had to do this because there, when you have money, now there's going to be officially money on the line. Joseph, you don't agree with me when I say there's contingency in the line, but I still think you're wrong. There is contingency in the line with these pro guys. Difference between finishing seventh, between finishing twelfth and first is a big, big thing in contingency. Now you got money on the line, ten thousand dollars. You can't have any discrepancies. You can't have any gray area because you know now there's money on the line. So I understand why you had to make this rule. Maybe our video ha helped a little bit with this. Um, maybe. Listen, hey, if you, if you think that Joey thought about that and the series then you are higher than him. Seriously. <laughs> he didn't consider that for a second. I think we can take credit for this. So didn't another company complain us about this. And thanks to that, allegedly, the brand that I may not mention under any circumstances, because I already have a, I already have one season. This is here somewhere. Yeah. Those who we do not talk about. Where is it anyway? I don't know, but basically the company that you... Yeah, here it is. Yeah, so I... <laughs> uh, I, this is my favorite section of this. Team Losi Racing stands for Team Losers and Retards slash Team Last Resort. I really, I am just reading directly off this cease and desist. Oh my God. It says that. We're definitely getting one of these letters. But, but yeah. it says that. I'm just reading it. I know, but you... Notice of cease and desist. I just read a portion of it. Okay, but you read the portion that you wanted to read. They want you to stop saying that. Oh, oh sorry. I missed it. I, I missed a full sentence. It says, 
for your information, you also stated that team. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's something I had said. Okay, I thought they were just saying. It. Anyway, forget about that. But um, I did heard allegedly that, this yeah. company had complained because they were a sponsor of this event, and because they are a sponsor and because money talks, then this rule was made. I don't blame that's, them. That's what I've heard. I don't blame them one bit because I would do the same thing if I had a, a driver yeah. in the pro main. Okay, but here's you. You know what? Here's the thing. Um, now it just moves. It shifts the problem. Mm-hmm. Well, I because know what you're going to say. Now we have forty plus guys running intermediate. Cars, all right, right. So being as we got that, we have a video for that. But not all intermediate guys are forty plus. So now there are older guys who get more practice, who beat kids in the intermediate class. Right. So one of these older guys. So that's good. Is that good now? Are there prizes for intermediate? All right, so class? who drops Don? Greg Degani dropped on. One person dropped on. And and Is I don't he, know. If, I don't know. I don't know if Paul Sicarello is going to drop. But on. how many of the intermediate guys run forty plus? A good bit. Many. Don Vilcomodor. Yes. I yes. mean, so there's still that problem, isn't there? Yes, but I don't. You got to. It's still right. not fair, is it? It's no. It's not fair. It's not. I agree with you, one hundred percent. It's not for the no. sportsman guys. It's not for. To the intermediate guys, it's not fair exactly. to the, you know, all those guys. Explain this to me. Explain this to me. If it's unfair for pro guys that Adam Drake can run 40 plus and then after his 40 plus qualifying warm up practice, go and race a nitro qualifier and then make the main, bump someone out to the main, etc. Like if that's unfair, then how is it not also unfair? that uh, someone can run 40 plus, then go qualifying intermediate and knock little Ricky Bobby, 12 years old, out of the A main because they had extra practice. How is that not fair? Well, Drake actually said Oh, it's said unfair this. for the pros, but for the intermediate, it's fine. Well, yeah, you can run 40 plus and that. No, this is just, this, it's stupid. And the only reason we have this is because the only thing that they care about is how can we make more fucking money on entries? Yes. Should Agreed. we have our rent right now? No, we're not going to have it. our going to save our rent. But here's Adam Drake's response to this. I agree with the rules when he, he interviewed Live RC. When they are made in the best interest of all competitors, I understand changing, changing the rule for all classes would reduce the total entries and money for the event, which is true, Joseph, but that would be what's fair. I agree that's what's fair, but it's not going to happen because Joey needs to make that money. All these race instructors, Joey needs to make that money, and guess what? The 40-plus guys and intermediate guys want that two chances of making a podium. You're I have no that- problem with Joey making money if he puts on great events. All right, we're going to talk about that later. We still have to recap Silver State. So I agree that it probably should be across the board, but the way the, the system is set up now and how people have gotten used to doing that, I don't think that's going to happen because the intermediate, the sportsman guys are the backbone that are paying the money. And the 40-plus guys are the people that are paying the money and they want to be able to run two classes with, they want to be able to run two classes with one chassis. And also the pro guys have got money involved in it. And I think that makes a big difference. That's This can be the separation between amateur and pro. Hey, Here's amateur. You can run two classes. You can run two classes with the same chassis. Here's pro. There's no advantage to you. You're fo- you can be 40 plus, but you don't get to run in this class because you want to run pro. Now, maybe that's the level. That's the line right there. Amateur and pro right there. Then we have a distinctive line right there. Baby steps. Yeah, but is it unfair to the other people? Yes, but it's 
it's something you're not going to change because the industry has created this. The race promoters have created this and the racer has created this because now they use one of these, like Greg says, I used, I use pro class to get ready for 40 plus class. Right. Well, Greg dropped on to intermediate. Let's hear his interview. Let's, this was another epic Greg Degani interview. Stand and leave. There we go. All right, Greg. What's happening? I mean, we think we did the math, and you're probably over twice the age of first and second. So how did it feel to get Turn it up a bit? You know, um, it was all right. These guys are faster kids. They're, they're, you know, I had nothing for them, obviously. You know, um, I just want, I didn't get to thank some of my sponsors last in the 40 and over. So I'm just going to thank AKA Tires, you. Thank you. Uh, you know, I've been running them for about 11 years, and Sidewinder, 18 right, years. So I've been with them, 19 now. And, uh, you know, of course, SH and, and uh, JQ Racing, of course, you know. And, uh, you know, BHRC. I just want to thank them for, you know, giving me my 95% off deal so I can stay in this class. If anybody has any questions about that, I've got my PayPal invoice here. There's three of them we got. $22 on about a $100 order, another $22. This is before the DNC, and $11.53, Greg Degani, JQ Racing. So there's no questions out there, you know. Used to make five Gs a year, now I pay five Gs a year. So, you know, what are you gonna do? Getting old. Did you pay five Gs a year, or did you pay like a total of $87? Well, I'm talking about traveling, you know, gambling expenses, you know, stuff like that. So, just wanna, once again, thanks. SH engines, $180 engines, go get them. Hashtag OS waste of cash. You know, hopefully we get the Miyako going and I don't have to run that bouncing turret anymore and uh, it'll be all good. Well, congratulations to Greg, our third place finisher. We're going to send it back down to Scotty for the Pro Nitro Buggy main. Oh my God. I, I swear, man, um, we need more of Greg Degani interviews. Honestly, we do. Uh, it's so refreshing and makes me laugh even Tyler was giggling uh and and then like if you the the 50 40 plus uh saxton came in laughing and stuff like that i don't know i'm uh, it made me laugh so much i'm crying uh i enjoy the 40 plus class i enjoy watching richard saxon paul sicarello don Winkelmotor, and the top 40 plus guys racing each other i really do greg has wanted to drop down to open for quite some time now and i kept telling him that he can't so he figured out some way to do it. I also saw him water in the track. So it's it funny I asked him about that. But this is what's happened. All right, so Greg is one of the pro guys. He's Greg is never going to win pro. He's never even going to make the B main in pro. He's done in the C main or D main. He's retired. Yeah, he's retired. He's, like, he's a world champion that races four times a year if we're lucky. You know, he may do a hot rod nationals on a, on a Tuesday night. But this is Greg Degani. He's he, he's not racing every day. Like a guy like Paul Sicarello, he's racing every day. Saxton's going to all these races. He's not racing, but he's there. But that's a different. Drake is a whole different level above these guys. You know, Drake's going into this 40-plus, demolishing these guys, and then using that to help out. If it's, I, I don't care what anybody says. It helps him. He says it doesn't. But if it doesn't, why it do it? Him. Why do it? You know, where's his, where's his response here? Um... Will this affect your results in the pro class at all, do you feel? The additional track time is nice, but it's also additional wear and tear on the equipment. I've raced more That's events. That's complete bullshit. Okay. I've raced wear more events yeah, without right. the 40 plus 40 plus class than I have if the than I have if the additional track time at 40 plus. I don't see it making much of a difference. It's it's similar to guys that bump for the B man, which 
which they did. It made a difference. The B-Man guys were I really good. I see it makes a massive difference. You know why? You remember when Joey uh, introduced the Legends class mm-hmm. at DNC? That year, Drake was like running fourth in the main. Like he had good qualifying and then he was in the beginning of the main, he got up to like fourth or something. I just remember that moment and then he faded back. And it was like out of the blue. Like he hadn't really been doing well and then he got the extra track time. Boom, he's up there. And we've seen it recently also. He's mm-hmm. done well. And then PMB, they had 40 plus after pro, didn't do well. Couldn't race 40 plus here, didn't do well, you know? So, yeah. Okay, time will tell. Now, if he bounces back now suddenly and starts doing well at these races in the coming years, oh, yeah, fine. But not yeah. the, we're not, you can't convince me that that doesn't help. I I, oh, I agree. I mean, look at Tyler. Well, see, what we should have probably done this after our recap. But look at Tyler Jones. Bumps bump from the B man was leading the A man, doing really well. I don't still to this time day. I don't know what happened to him, but yeah, it's 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 like bumping using the B man to bump. But the problem is, the problem is that you have to be in the B. If you're in the B man, you're in, you might not make it out of there. You if forty plus, you have nothing to lose. Forty plus. Look, some people like we shouldn't have age groups. I actually would like to see a junior age group more than anything. If we have 40 plus, we should have a junior. Why don't we have a junior race at this race? Or at least the top 16 juniors give them a race out of qualifying. You know, give this top 16 juniors out of all classes besides pro a chance to qualify. Um, and race, a junior man. It, it's just not. The, the way this system is now, people want that two classes. They want to use one of these classes to help better. Their, like, running that 40 plus gives them a better chance of getting making an A-man, getting a trophy, and being happy um should should be just run it should be just a choice between 40 plus and into and and that's it yeah i think you should just have to, if you just run 40 plus that's it but it's just not going to happen because these race promoters they want to make money which which is fine and the racers want it the racers the 40 plus guys who is very big class of racing want it so it's going to be hard to change that mentality right there but it's a step pro I'm all for not having the pro guys run that. And Greg Degani going on to intermediate finishing third. I mean, fuck. Like, that, like, I said, Greg's not going to win intermediate if he goes on, you know? And that's a hard class to run. He just barely made it. And, you know, he had to, he had to practice a 40-plus to help him out with this. I have to say it. 40-plus definitely helped him in intermediate. So, but what of we course do- it does. Like, these races like DNC and Silver State... <clears throat> It's not, you can't compare them to like a Euros or a Worlds or something like that. Well, Worlds maybe because you run so little, but like at the Euros, you run so much that having double that time, maybe it can help if you're having issues, but if everything is working okay, it's not really going to help you. But the problem at a race like DNC and Silver State is that you only have two practice runs. It's not a lot. If you don't hit the track and have everything like, oh, everything's working great, then you will have problems because the first time you run the track is going to be one way. The second time, completely different. So you can be in a situation where after practice, you don't really know what's going on because your car wasn't good in the first one. Then it also wasn't that good in the second one. You're still kind of learning the track and then you have to go into qualifying, Mm -hmm. you know? So when you can double that practice time to four, then you can be safe. Like, okay, so 
Now I, I pretty much have a handle. I know the track. My car's good. I'm going into qualifying confident. Okay. That's already a difference. And then you go into the first round of qualifying, but actually you have a practice run first. So you run the 40 plus qualifier and you figure out all the gremlins and then you're like even more confident, like, okay, yeah, now I know. Tire choice is right. In one and a half hours, I'm up in pro. You know, I know what to do now. You know, it is a big difference, especially at a race like this. Confidence, set up, yes, it, it makes a big difference. I agree, I agree. And it, likewise, it makes a big difference in uh, intermediate and any other class, you know, not just pro. So I just don't see that happening. For pro now, we it's don't care about happen. intermediate. People are going to kick so much shit about it. You're taking the extra track time. You're taking the extra. And, and you know what? I understand them, but that's what we create. Well, maybe one day, hopefully they can understand that it's just a scam. Like how, how stupid are people? We want track time. Okay. This is the thing. We don't want to pay entry fee for RCGP 125 or whatever. Oh, it's expensive entry fee. Uh, we would rather go to this other race and spend $200 on entries. It's that plaque, man. It's the chance to make you know, another $270 or whatever. It's so you're more paying like double fucking entry fees and for the same amount of track time. So the track time argument is bullshit. Like you can have one class and have the same amount of track time. You can. You don't need to run it twice. You I know? agree. But it's uh, more some people, which is a minority of people who can <clears throat> run multiple classes, they are happy because yeah, they can run more. But most of the people, or yeah, most of the people can't do that because most of the people aren't forty plus. You know, so you know for what? most people, it sucks because they can only run the car in one class. Why? Well, I just don't. We should have a junior class. It, it, it isn't about track, just about track time. Just it's about getting that trophy, man. Getting on the podium. That's another chance for him. Trust me. I know that's what it's more about than anything. I think, um, and that's what RCGP didn't have because they did because you could get a forty plus trophy, right? But you only took the top twelve out of overall qualifying, just like you did for junior final. So that might have been about track time, but then like guys knew that, that that one qualifying session was worth more than just qualifying and their buggy class was also, if you were eligible for the class, <clears throat> for the age classes that made you eligible there. It's, I just don't think it's going to happen. It's become a staple. The 40 plus guys, like I'm 40 plus too. If I went to a race right now, I probably just run 40 plus or e-truggy. That's what I really want to do. E-truggy tech. I want a techno e-truggy just to piss you off. I mean, that would be the fair thing to do, but it's just, it won't happen because it means less entry money. I agree. You know, like if you want to run 40 plus, you just run that. If you want to run pro, you just run that. If you want to run intermediate, that's what you run. You know, get the old guys away from the young guys racing in intermediate, sort of. Mm -hmm. That would be fair. Like if you, if you want to make it fair, that's what you do. But it's not about you. making it fair. I agree with you. All right. Well, thank you, Sun City RC Raceway, for your support. Uh, everybody have fun at the RC Pro Series race this weekend. Send it without responsibility. And um, I wish I was there. I really do. I really wish I was there. This is one track that I want. I want to get back to that area, New Mexico, hang out with the New Mexico crew and just have fun. Joseph, it's finally time for us to recap Silver State, brought to you by Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC.
Techno RC is a premium manufacturer specializing in 8th and 10th scale high performance off-road RC buggies and trucks. Visit www.technorc.com for a complete catalog of their products. Techno RC, excellence in engineering. Hashtag Techno Takeover. Thank you, Techno RC, for your longtime support. It almost was a triple for you there at, at Silver State. Uh, it almost truly was a Techno takeover. Uh, congratulations to Jared Tebow winning uh, Nitro Truggy, uh, Tyler, um, Tyler Jones for winning E-Buggy on the last exact corner. Oh, my gosh, that was so crazy. And Seth Van Dalen, second in Nitro Buggy. Um, I still think Tebow probably could have won that but it was almost the triple 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 for techno this weekend and um but you know the doubles better than triple and a second place in nitro buggy is good so congratulations to them and all the techno drivers uh it was a good weekend for you guys so silver state 2021 is done and dusted joseph we wasn't there we did a recap of e-buggy and truggy uh myself max and rc kevin on sunday live i guess the be thing we want to I want to touch on a few things before we get into the Nitro Buggy race, Joseph. Uh, entries, 827 entries. This has become the biggest, um, I believe this is the biggest, now the biggest RC race of this year. Let's see. Because they had, um, oh, actually, entries, 814, 336 bodies at this race. And PMB, which was the next big race, they actually beat PMB by 14 entries. PMB had 810 entries, but they had 396 people. So they they had 40 plus more people than than this race. So these two big race promotions, I, I believe they're competing. Uh, but to be honest, Psycho Nitro Blast is in Tennessee. Silver State's in Vegas at the hotel that you're going to be racing at. It's just such a more convenient and better race, like better location for a race. Even though I don't like the soil and all that, the dirt and all that stuff. But kudos to Jody, Joe, Joey, and the crew. Uh, congratulations! He just had a baby, a baby girl as well. But um, they pulled off the biggest race of the year so far by four entries. Even though PMB got them by actual body numbers. Uh, what do you think about those entry numbers, Joe? I know you're not a big fan of of. A big fan of I high think entry PMB races. was a bigger race. They had more people there. Yeah, I do. And I think that um yeah. I think Dave put more work into it. Long jump, you know, uh the trophies, his theme with the monsters and all that stuff. Dave put work into it. Excuse me. You said Dave put more work into it. I said Dave put work into it. Yeah, I believe. Okay, okay. So that's this you just on your your, your rant. I know you want to get to your rant. Uh, track thoughts, Joseph. Uh, you, you've never been to this race, but you've been to Vegas for many races. Uh, I just wanted to touch uh, base on the actual aggregate of the track. I don't know. Tracks like these are fun, like once a year. Yes. For a change, you know. No, Super I don't bumpy. want. I don't want the track to be like this all the time. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but, but it's fun for a change. Yeah, but people be like, oh, well, the track got really rough and all that. that that's Silver State, you know? And, like, they didn't have big, stupid jumps. Like, you know, he didn't have his, uh, you know, his trademark triple-triple and all that type of stuff that he likes to have that's super dangerous to turn marshal. Uh, because this is just, 
a different type of dirt. And I'm actually looking, it's equestrian dirt because this is an equestrian center. It's all about, it's all about the horses. So the dirt clay that they use is a dirt sand mix. It's a favorite footing for many Western disciplines as it provides the right amount of traction, rebound and slide without the tendency to compact and harden common with straight dirt or clay. So this is actually special aggregate for horses. It's the best way I can explain it. It's worse than sand. It has sand, like beach sand. It's, it's not, as, it's not really dusty. Like you get sand blowing. Like I live near the beach. You get sand blowing at you and stuff like that. This stuff is such a fine. Do you remember that, that dust that we had at SCRC in our pits and it just got everywhere? Yeah. This is worse. <clears throat> this is like cement. When you open, have you ever done any construction? You ever open a bag of cement? Yeah. <clears throat> it's just like that powder just goes everywhere. It's super fine. This is exactly what this dirt is. Um, so they had to make the, the track with a lot of tabletops. I did like the elevation that they put over there. He took all the dirt. See where everybody was pitting behind the driver's stand? When I was there in 2019, that was actually a practice track. So I like that he took all that dirt, put it onto the main track. He was able to get some elevation up there in the back. And he actually made the track a little bit bigger. And it keeps people away from all the dust and dirt and, and, and stuff. And you, you have a barrier. He put in a watering system that we did not have in 2019 because, shit, I complained. Like, I think everybody complained about the dust. I can deal with the nitro fumes because it wasn't that bad, but it's the dust that was terrible. So they fixed that with some watering system. They actually put like a, looked like they put some effort and made a driver stand, even though they don't have to do it. I mean, people were standing on chairs the year before. And it's slowly getting to where it's a legitimate race. It looked a lot better than what it did in 2019. I'm going to say that. I think the track was built properly because they knew it was going to blow out those tabletops. It did track develop natural obstacles that you had to contend with. So I was very happy with the track. Max didn't like the track too much. I liked it because it made for great racing, but it's not something I would want to race on all the time, but I think it made for great racing and we enjoyed it. Uh, Two big names not there, Ty Tessman and Ryan Lutz. I did talk to Ryan Lutz previously prior to him uh, Silver State. Uh, I believe his wife was ill, so I hope she's better now and he had to take care of her. And the rumor is that, or not even a rumor, but it's not a secret, but Ty got stopped by Border Patrol. And right now where he's in, in Alberta, it's really strict. I don't even think he could leave his town to get to the airport. So things are pretty crazy. In Canada with COVID, I don't know why Ty didn't just stay in America after PMB and get ready for the Nationals. It's going to be interesting to see if he can make the Nationals now next month um, with this new, with, you know, with all this stuff going on and whatnot. So they were missing. Uh, like I said, uh, you want to talk, You do you have anything, you, did you notice anything about Truggy and E-Buggy that you wanted to talk, touch on before we go on to Nitro Buggy, Joseph? No. Nothing. Like I said, um, we covered that in show number 124. Uh, Jared Tebow went on to walk away with, run away with the Nitro Truggy race. And well, let's, let's just touch on the whole Mayfield stepping on his dick thing. Because that's my new, my new comment that I like. I've looked up the, the definition of that. Man, Mayfield. I didn't May know his dick was so big. I, but that's what I was thinking. Like, wow, you, you guys have a, a penis that big that you can step on it. But 
I've just never heard that saying before. And it, he did step on his dick, and it probably was painful because, I mean, he lost it in the last few corners. Like, just gifted it to uh, to Tyler Jones, man. Like, a seriously un-Mayfield-like accident. Like, he got Cosmos. He ran the Cosmos tire. That's what happens when you run the Cosmos tire. You would know all about that. Because yeah, somebody around her, over. somebody her said you shouldn't run this tire. No, that was different. I ran the stalkers. Stalkers, yeah, you yeah, want even worse. Uh, just uh, Truggy was all right. There was a lot of good battles in Truggy behind Tebow. E Buggy was all right. It was a sprint. Um, but kudos to those guys. Congratulations. Nitro is the glory here. We're going to talk about the Nitro race. Uh, just real quick, some stats here, Joseph, that made up these numbers. So Nitro is definitely the glory on the East Coast. Combined Nitro buggy entries, 329. Compared to E-Buggy had 222, E-Truggy. And I see this is coming now. They're now splitting the E-Truggy class up into pro, intermediate, and sportsman. So that's coming. We're going to have another class so then to make money. Only 59. They had more at um at PNB. And Nitro Truck was 221 entries. So Nitro definitely wow, Nitro Truck was almost as many as E-Buggy. Wow, that's pretty impressive. So Nitro is definitely the glory on the West Coast. The West Coast loves the Nitro. Uh all right. So let's bring up some results here. So the big two big things we gotta talk about her in this 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 nitro buggy class is one Dakota fan didn't make it to the a main. I told you that by I, the way. I didn't pick him. I didn't pick him. I didn't pick him at all this week. I've been officially banned from picking Dakota fan. So I won't pick him anymore. Maybe I should because he would have done better than the B main, but I watched and then Tyler and I, actually my predictions for the B main winners came out true. I, I said that, um, Tyler Jones and Steve Harris would bump, and Spencer Hecker would be my dark horse. And at one point, I thought Dakota Fenn was going to bump, but he just went and done the same exact things that he does at every... Like, I see him do the exact things. Like, like he's pushing so hard. Like, just get out there and get into a, a second-place position and go. And he just pushes so hard and does the same mistakes and whatnot. So, a big blow for Fenn, man, not being in the, um, the A-main, man. I think this is a really big blow for him, in my opinion. I heard, I heard that brand that I shouldn't mention had a new prototype. I heard that too. Narrow pivot and all. It seems like Techno started something with this narrow pivot stuff, so everybody's doing narrow pivot. Uh, Cav seemed to do good with it. and They like didn't it. start it. Well, you know what I'm saying. And Fenn didn't like it. It's, it's showing her like in, in his results. What does this mean for Fenn? He's still young. I mean, this isn't the end of his, like, I'm talking like this, the end of his career. It's not his end of his career, but... You expect Fenn to be in the A-main of these races, you know? And Validation. Validation? Yeah, for me. What? For oh, what oh yeah, saying. yeah, 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 yeah. You and Barry Baker and your beef. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something is not just off with Fenn, man. I, I just... I just, he's so we'll incredible. covered this fast. on my YouTube channel for anyone that's curious. Yeah. We've covered this. Yes. I just, I just, I just can't, I just don't, can't put my hand on it. I don't know what's going on. Watch my videos then if you don't know I what's mean, going I know on. what it is. I've but, explained what's going, been right. going on. Well, we had a 16 car main. I would say the other big surprise in this man was Ryan Pavitas. Ryan Pavitas had a good run. I think he got a fourth 
in the second round, which put him sixth qualifier overall. And this is like his first big ever, ever big A main. I mean, he didn't really, I mean, he ended up finishing, uh, where did he finish? Actually, he finished in 10th. So I, you know, I mean, a lot of few guys broke down. I don't know what happened to Tyler Jones. Don't know what happened to Ryan Cavalier. Let's bring up some results here. Why don't we? Um, let's share a screen. And uh, I'm using House of RCs results at the moment. So let's add them to the screen. <clears throat> so here's your here's your your top sixteen. All right, Joseph. Let's start with qualifying. Um, Mayfield left it to the last qualifier of the evening to get in. I, I think Mayfield was definitely out of the A main after the second round in, in qualifying. He needed to win. He needed a top. Th- I didn't even think a top three would have saved him, to be honest, in qualifying. Let's see. Let me bring up qualifying. He needed a uh, good run also in the last race, last run of qualifying That's- at DNC when I was there. So yeah. what was that? Last year's DNC. Yeah, he um, he he had a thirteen and a fourteen in his first two rounds, I believe, and he had a win. I mean, he came out and just and won the last race. But I think he he needed that. It it reminded me of it, like you said, that that DNC when he needed that a year ago. It was the yeah. same thing. I think. I think people might be like, even even Runafalk said, "Oh, I know that Mayfield needed a good run, so I didn't push him that hard. I knew I was already in." I mean, at this point, it was Seth Van Dalen and Tebow battling. Tebow had a, won the first round, and Seth came second, and then Seth won the second round, and Tebow came uh, second. And Spencer Rifkin, I think, was third both of those rounds, if I remember correctly, which was another great silent performance by him, I want to say. Man, Mayfield squeaked this one out, man, last minute. Oh, Cole Ogden was third at one point. Um, what do you think about that, Joseph? What the qualifying? Yeah, qualifying Mayfield squeaking it out. Yeah, I mean that's what what he does. But I think still pretty impressive by uh, Seth to TQ. Yes. No. I guess he's likes these rough tracks. I no. I thought it was super impressive. It was very close, man. I mean, Jared. Yeah, it was super close. Super close. The two technos, but I mean, it might have been a techno one two three at one point. Uh, but I was thinking that it would be a techno one, two, three in the main. Sorry, not in qualifying. Um, but yeah, super, super performance by me. I mean, Mayfield, this is what Mayfield's doing now. Like, you know, it's just, Hey, I need to get into the a main. Where'd you go? I need to get into the a main and I got to do what I got to do. But could you imagine if, if Mayfield had been in the B main, that would have been so shocking. So shocking. So anywho, uh, like I said, Ryan Mayfield TQ'd the last round of qualifying, the last race of the night uh, on Friday, and that put him in. Let's see. I have their overall results right here. So this is our starting lineup for Pro Nitro. We had Seth Van Dalen in first, Jared Tebow in second, Tanner Denny in third. Another great run by Tanner Denny. Spencer Rivkin in fourth. Cole Ogden in fifth, Ryan Pavita sixth, Mayfield seventh, Ryan Cavallari eighth, Brandon Rose ninth, Joe Bornhorst tenth, Wiggins eleven, Aiden Horn, Drake, CJ, Steve Harris, and 
that's it. Yeah, your top four team went through qualifying. So, man, I just have to say kudos to to Mayfield for doing that, and congratulations to Seth for TQing. I think this was also a, a much needed TQ and good race for Seth. So let's get on to the actual race. Now, this was a very interesting race. We had Jones bumping up from the B-man. He totally dominated the B-man. He should have been in the A-man anyway, but it looks like he had just had issues in qualifying. Let's remove this for now. And uh, anyway, but he got that extra practice, I think, in the B-man. And at one point in this race, he was leading. Like, I thought Jones was going to win this. I thought Techno was going to go one, two, three at one point. It was like Jones, Van Dalen, Tebow, or Jones, Tebow, Van Dalen at one point. And it was just, wow. Like, I just, like, it was so much going on prior to this race. Like, so much going on with this race and whatnot. Like, just Jones not being in the A-man was big news. And him leading the A-man from almost a last place position. But this track allowed for that. Because people made so many mistakes. You can start in the back of the pack and still make your way up to the front and win this race. And that's what he did at one point. But I still, I asked Brent what happened to him. I haven't heard what happened to him. So I get, they haven't done a race report yet. So I had no idea what happened to Jones. I think he phased, fizzled out around, um, let's see, let's bring up his race. Well, got to scroll all the way to the bottom of the page to find the race. But it looks, let's see what happened to, uh, to, uh, where is he? Tyler Jones. Oh, is somebody knocking on your door? There you go. So Tyler Jones, he doesn't look like he had any. Okay, he had a long last lap, a 63-second lap. Just have somebody come into the door. I don't know who it is. But, I mean, he, held, he was in first on lap six and seven, and he went down to second, and he's back to first. He was battling with first and second. And then on lap 20, he got down in fourth. And at one point, he got back up to third on lap 30. But then he just, he just dropped on to, oh, he, he was still in third on lap 57 and 58. But just dropped on to fourth and, and lost that fourth place position. But I don't, you saw Tyler Jones. Well, we kind of saw him drive. You couldn't really see with the coverage. What are your thoughts on Tyler Jones? Could he have won this race? Should he have won this race? I mean, he was leading at one point, so he could have, clearly. I don't know. He didn't. I think it was... Um, what From what you could see in the coverage, it was interesting to see because, like, Seth and Tyler actually, like, their cars looked terrible. And, like, Seth even, just watching him drive, it's like, it looks so bad. But I was thinking that it's probably because the car allowed them to drive that much harder to mm -hmm. where someone like Mayfield is just so precise, but like his car can't really take it. It's sort of bouncing. So he adjusts his driving to where he's driving very well, mm -hmm. hitting the right lines, the right throttle inputs. He's doing everything so precisely. So it looks decent, right? But then these guys are sort of more punched and just going for it because maybe the car allows them to do that. But then it also doesn't look quite as good. Like they have really fast sections and then they hit some bump and it looks like it's not working at all. So I think maybe that's what's going on. And because clearly they were fast, like DQ making maze, like doing leading the race. So they are going fast, but it looks worse than Mayfield. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You know, like I think that was just the difference in driving. And then uh, the techno car is a bit different to the other cars. Like, yes, they have a very narrow pivot, long arm. Then also they have, I believe they have these 
inserts in the arms. Uh, so the hinge, the arm isn't uh, touching the hinge pin. Mm-hmm. It's these inserts they have. I think they're even metal inserts in the yes. arms that are on the steel hinge pins. So I think those two things. And then I think, uh, what was the third thing I thought of earlier? Uh, there was a third. Oh yeah. So on the front arm also, they have the arm is twisted. So it the arm starts off at one angle and then the outside is twisted back. Now they did it for clearance. Mm. Like they even admitted that themselves. They twisted the arm for clearance. So when the wheel turns, it doesn't hit the arm because it's sort of twisted down. Okay. But a, bit, a side effect of that is how the forces are transferred and how the you know when the car hits a bump you know how how it works it's going to be a bit different so i think those are the three reasons why they do well on these uh, kind of tracks like loose um rough tracks mm-hmm. or sort of inconsistent grip and uh, super rough tracks so the narrow pivot and long arm making the car stable the inserts on the hinge pins, meaning that when there's force applied, there's less friction. So the suspension doesn't bind as much. So maybe when you hit the bump, you know, it doesn't, it absorbs it better because of that. And then that twisted arm. But I was wondering that maybe that twisted arm has a certain point at which it doesn't allow the suspension to compress maybe the same. Or, because I saw the techno drivers have this crash Maybe others did too, but I never saw it where they would be going fine. And then just like they hit a wall, Uh, you know, if you go back in the footage and watch, you'll see this. Like, for example, I think Tyler Jones was actually leading at one point and then he was going through a section and it just, boom, the car just stopped and did a few flips or something. Mm. And Seth had the same thing happen. So I don't know. Maybe that's because of the unique front end they have. Like, if you hit the bump at a certain angle, right, then that happens. Because I didn't see other cars do that. Well, also Mayfield's lines were different. He was on that wide line from earlier, you know, out in the fluff, which Greg yeah, co- he's very Greg, good Greg at copied. That. Greg copied, yeah. and and them guys were. I watched them. Like Seth was trying to go on the inside of guys. You couldn't like the the a good example was um. Let's take that that line that comes off, because, I mean, that's the only f- part of the track that we can actually see properly, was um, when they would come off that second road, like they'd come up from the beach RC jump, go down to that 180, come back up, go over that tabletop, and they would go wide, come onto the front tabletop, you know, go on the inside of that 180, and then you could either go wide, just wide of that 180 or on the inside, because it was a big hole there. I watched, I watched Greg hit that hole. I thought he broke his car. Um... And then and just go wide like and Mayfield would take that wide line to the to the loop and you know guys would try to come on the inside and and he could put it on the inside too, but he preferred the wide line and I think that just paid off in the end. I mean it worked for Greg, and just like I would say that not having been there, it's harder to mm-hmm. know exactly. But my guess would be that Mayfield's car was worse than the guys that he was racing, but yes. he drove better than I would say that they too. did. You know? I, would, I would have to like agree. Their cars, uh, Thibault and uh, Tyler Jones and Seth, like their technos were actually handling better 
than Mayfield's Mugen. Mm-hmm. But Mayfield drove better to win the race. Now, we all picked, you included, because uh, we asked you for your picks. Did you pick Tebow to win? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Actually, I was kind of surprised because they did smooth the track out, but it was, again, super bumpy for the main. Mm-hmm. So, and Tebow was up there, but so I don't really know. He made some mistakes. Yeah, he was in the back, zone. On- I thought he was... I thought he would win it, even while watching the main. I thought, yeah, yeah, I was okay, like, he's going to come right. back. He's going to come back. Um, he was super in the zone. Uh, I watched his interviews at Live RC, and he was super happy to talk about the fro, the Beavis and Butthead fro, and his flannel shirts. Uh, he won Truggy. He came third, and he was just like, I love this track. I love every lap of it. So he was definitely liking the track. Out of all those guys, he was the only one I heard saying that I like this track. Um, and so I asked him what happened. Um, in the because he did lead the race at one point and he was in contention and he says yeah I was going good but just struggled to keep full focus was thinking too much about lines and he crashed too much which I could understand you know uh, because that that track had multiple lines you could go on the outside inside on the middle the middle was the hardest of them all so I actually thought Tebow was in the best position to win this I thought he would Seth even though Seth Van Dalen took TQ and I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this, and people can disagree with me. This was a career-saving result for Seth Van Dalen, in my opinion. I've been a little bit hard on him the last few months because, you know, he TQ'd DNC in 2019. Was it 2020? No, 2019, sorry. He did that, and he, he, he floundered. Like, he didn't, he wasn't, uh, he was not uh, any, t- he was not in the race whatsoever. And I was like, is this going to happen at this race? And it didn't. He, he he stayed in contention. I mean, he did good. Dropped on. He had to fight back up a lot of times. I mean, he was done in sixth, fifth, and fourth near the end of this race. And then he got back into second. I think that I Seth Van Dalen, here's two people that needed a win. Three people, in my opinion. Jared Tebow, Seth Van Dalen, and Tyler Jones all needed a win. Even though right now... Uh, Jared Tebow has more wins than those guys. Those two guys, even though Tyler Jones has a PNB win, he has to kind of do it outside of PNB. And Seth Van Dalen too. Now Seth's been on hiatus. I think he was suspended. I, I guess you know I have not got that confirmed. I don't know what he was suspended for, but I would think that Seth is trying to be a pro driver at this point. And uh, he, well, he's probably a pro driver for the last couple of years, and maybe he's, he's not getting all the love that he wants from Techno. That's why, I, and, and like Techno's just got a good problem right now. Hey, we got all these fast guys. Let's just see who fights it out and who comes out the top two at the end of the year, you know? And this is like, I don't care what anybody says. They have a battle going on between these young Lions that are Tyler Jones and Seth and Dalen. And the veteran guys, well, Tebow's the veteran guy. Joe Bornhorse is in the mix. And then you throw the wizard, Jared Wiggins, because he made the A-Main too. They had five cars in the A-Main. Techno's in a good spot right now. They And then don't forget, they have Kyle McBride just signed in Australia. He's supposed to be coming to America next year. Like, Seth Van Dalen went out there and put his foot on and said, I am Seth freaking Van Dalen, and I am here to stay. And he proved me wrong. Because I thought he, I was like, okay, you know, he probably won't win. I, th- I thought he was going to blow out like he did at DNC. But he came back, he finished second. So I want to say congratulations to him. And in my opinion, this was, when we look back to when Seth Van Dalen has this long, hopefully has this long, illustrious career in RC, we'll look back at this moment in 2021 at this race 
and say this is the race, in my opinion, that will change, that saved his career as a RC pro, as a pro RC driver, in my opinion. That's my opinion. Because he just hasn't been racing. He's been doing local racing, like Hobby Plex and stuff like that. But he missed PNB. He missed Lone Star. He missed all these bigger races where his teammates were there. And I was wondering why. So congratulations to him. Good race for him uh, winning that. Uh, Mayfield, man. Who? All right. So are we now, Mayfield has to be the number one racer in the world right now. Right, Ma, right, Joseph? I think Mayfield and Ron Falk, I think. Yeah. Do you still feel, I haven't talked to Ronald Falk, but I think he would say the same thing. I would have made less mistakes and I would have won. Because, you know, that's just how he's so confident like that. Probably he would say that. And <laughs> but uh, those two, I, I would say, uh, yeah, the best. Right I think I, I think Jared Tebow could have done something. I think Seth probably could have done something, but something was up. And um, But lo and behold, we have Spencer Rivkin, another third-place finish. He got a third-place finish at DNC. He broke a server at PNB. Here's somebody we don't talk about much in eight scale, but here he is in third. Here he is in third. He had a pretty solid weekend, I would say. Pretty solid weekend. Let's add this to the stream again. Uh, Aiden Horn. Now, this was a big... I think this kid is the truth. I think he is... We need to figure out a name for him. But, I mean, he just won the exact RC... Uh, exact 10K race at... Um, overall at... OCRC, maybe two weeks before this, comes to uh, SCRC, I mean, comes to, comes to, S comes to Silver State, never been to this race, finishes fifth. This kid has made every big main so far this year. I think we're sleeping on him. I think this kid has got the total package, and he's still young, maybe 18 now, 19, and he's the, he's primarily a 10-scale guy, and that's what makes him more impressive, but... You know, he's 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 putting in work, man. I mean, he was never in contention for a podium, but I would say that was a good hard fit hard fought fifth place for him. Brandon Rose, a great performance for him. Uh was him and Steve Harris. We don't get to see two Agamas in a, a race most days, but congratulations to Team Agama, Team Nemo. Talk to Billy, he flew out there Friday. The Wizard in seventh. That's a great run for Jared, for Jared Wiggins, I would say. He's somebody that we all sleep on. Uh, as well, I think he's going to get progressively better as he time goes on. He didn't make the main at PNB. Tanner Denny, Tanner Denny showed many glimpses of of really good speed. I mean, at one point he, I think he came second to, I think he came second to Mayfield in qualifying. What's your thoughts on Tanner Denny? Is he Mugen's next big thing? I asked you this last time. He's going to all these races. He's making a main. I don't know what happened to him now. Uh, I, I think, picked him for the yeah, podium. He just, he just blew like just wasn't fast like in the main. I wish there was, uh, you know, maybe some coverage so it, we that, know what happened yeah, to all this. He was he was second and first. Oh, he did. He um, he was in third. He was in second and he messed up somehow. Something happened to him. He flamed out or something because in his third lap he had a forty eight lap. He had a forty eight and his second lap he had a forty eight. So something went wrong after lap two. Don't know. We haven't seen anything. <clears throat> we don't know because nobody reported on it either. Uh, I just I just think that these guys, I think Tanner Denny's, what, 25, I think now? He's probably stepping out of the shadow of... of you see that young? Yeah. I think I was watching his profile <laughs> from DNC, you know, when they did driver profiles. And I think he's stepping out of the shadow of Ryan Mayfield and coming to his own her, man. I think we're going to see a lot if of... 
Yeah, if Tanner Denny is really only 25 years old, then yeah, he could actually become a top driver if he wants to. Yeah, like real top. I like think he's on the way. Everything. I think he's on the way personally. Uh, Adam Drake in ninth. That's where Drake would usually finish. I think he didn't make the he he no Drake did not make the truggy or e buggy mains. Ryan Pavitas tenth. Now this is like an enigma. Do I think Ryan Pavitas is like some superstar and all? Mm. Looking at his lap times, he was never really a contender in this race. But it's good to see. Uh, I hope he continues to put in the work and he makes some more mains. Now, Joe Bornhorse, 11th. I, people may not like what I have to say, but I think that Joe Bornhorse is on the techno bubble right now. He, he's, his teammates, all right, Tyler, he beat Tyler Jones, right? But Tyler Jones obviously had some issues and he didn't, something happened. He didn't finish or something where he didn't finish. But I, ex, I think Joe Bornhorse should be doing better than this. And like I said, Techno has this issue. They have these five drivers. I'm going to throw Jared Wiggins in there. I don't know if he's getting paid. But they have these four drivers. I think right now on this list, Joe Bornhorse is behind all these guys. An 11th place finish, 11th place finish at this race in Nitro Buggy. It's just like he just, just, he's making the mains, but he's not a non-factor in the race. And he has to change that. Cavalari would be disappointed with this race. He, I thought that we was going to see Cav do a top five, to be honest. Uh, I thought he was going to do the normal, I'm going to just gut it out and do a Ryan Cavalari top five. But to be honest, he got down in 15th and he stayed there for a long time. And he's lucky he even got 12th, I would say, because people broke down. Steve Harris, another... Hey man, Steve Harris showed a lot of speed all weekend. Uh, very, sh I was shocked because you know I kind of thought Steve was, um, you know we, kinda, yeah, because like I think that, like the last time he was making waves was at the 2016 Worlds, you know, when he was really making. That's when he was really fast too. He was younger. He was making yeah. a lot of waves. That's when your whole when you tried to sign him for JQ and that blew up in your face. That's before I started working with you. Um, I remember that unraveling on Facebook. I'm, I'm happy for him. Um, yeah, he's not the smartest guy in the world. Oh, God. See what I mean? I'm <sighs> just telling the truth. Uh, but a great run for him. Bumping from the B. He just missed making the A as well. Like, just missed it. He was 15th. I think Mayfield pipped him, put him down there. Cool, Ogden. Another. Oh, this is what I heard. Now, Eddie Lorette was Cole's mechanic at DNC, right? And Cole had a good DNC. Well, Eddie Rett's in the TLR camp now. He is? Yes. That guy switches so much. I know. So I was like, who's that? It was who was Pit and Cole? Somebody different. I was like, who's that Pit and Cole? Why isn't Eddie Lorette? And I found out that uh Eddie Lorette's in the TLR camp. I think he's a big man. Like Cole Ogden just needs that mechanic, man. He needs that mechanic. I, I just uh, uh, did he even was he even in nope, he was never in contention. Now in contention in this race. And CJ Jalen, I have to give some shout-outs to CJ Jalen, man. He's the learned Kyosho guy. He is the top Kyosho driver, I would say, at the moment. And he doesn't race with these guys on a regular basis. Yes, he only got 25 minutes into the race, but CJ Jalen done really well to make this race. Obviously, he has to finish. But, yeah, I just, I think it was, 
besides Ryan Mayfield like running away with it at the end, I'm glad we got to see. Well, see when I say see, I say see in quotes because during like all right, we'll we'll save that. During one of probably the best battles of this race, we couldn't see it because the system went on. But these guys hooked, man. I think from second, third, man, it was just a race. So between Seth, Spencer, Jared, Aiden, Nerdy and well, not so much Aiden, but definitely Nerdy and Spencer, Jared. And when Tyler Jones was in this mix, he was just fast too. So right now, Techno has a lot to smile about. Mayfield is just on God level, on Super Saiyan level right now. Like he goes into that Super Saiyan mode or uses the force and, you know, he becomes super like, super like dark Sith type of vibe. And, oh man, I just, I just wish we could have seen more of the race, like better. But yeah, Ryan Mayfield, congratulations to him. Seth Van Dalen, uh, career saving performance. Spencer Rifkin, they're trudging away. And Jared Tebow, a fourth place, but I feel, I feel Jared could have won this, but he just lost touch at one point. Um, he never got any lead. I'm looking her, but he was in third, second at one point, and then it just, just he just he just got in his own head. It sounds like. So, who impressed you the most, her Joseph? Is it Seth that impressed you the most? Yeah, probably for TQing and second and. Uh... Um, what's his face? Tyler Jones was also really fast to go from the back of the pack to leading the race. That's quite impressive in an A main. And yeah, Techno overall, and then associated also because if Pavidis can qualify sixth and then Riv can finish third and Aiden Horn fifth, then they must have got their car going well also. Yeah, I would say that. So Techno and Associated as a whole, you know, were they were really good. And, um, well, Mayfield is Mayfield. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a whole different story. Well, let's go through it. I guess Mugen is sort of okay. Like, I I wouldn't put them as successful as Techno associated at at this race because Danny, you know, if he had got the podium, yes, okay. But something happened. And he was eighth, Drake ninth. So, so, so. Mayfield won, but otherwise nothing, kind of. And yeah, then the losers definitely sort of the yeah TLR, TLR, not, not the greatest event, and HB same thing like invisible mm-hmm. uh, because Cole didn't so have we the had, best race. So we had two Mugits, five, and S works also kind of invisible. Yeah, because Hacker didn't make it. He wasn't a bubble to make it, but he didn't. So we had two Mugins, five S works. Uh, three AEs, two Agamas, one TLR, one Kyosho, one HB. Hmm. Yeah, I would say so. Um, yeah, great race, different race. I like these one-off, uh, really rough races. Uh, I didn't really get to see what the track looked like to five minutes before the A main. We'll talk about that in our rant in a minute. The um, one thing that gets me, the 16 car mains, I mean, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, it's normal. I mean, 15, 16, 18 was a bit much, but it just is what it is. I'll it's, be honest, like even if some years ago, so it has to, be to make the main when it's 12 cars, it's like, it's a special feeling. 
to make a big big race main when it's 12 cars 10 even more special but 12 is sort of it's the new norm it's okay 12 is okay mm-hmm. but when it's like 15 16 18 i've made mains like that where i i've sort of been 16th or something and made the main or something it's just the fe- even the feeling is different because you know that you aren't doing that well and you your speed isn't there and you aren't competitive yet you're in the main you know and you just lap traffic so for me when you make the main and you make the top 10 or top 12 that's a cool thing okay that's an achievement when you make the main as 18th even i've been in those kind of situations and it doesn't feel right to me well because you're so far away from the top five you know you have no chance when you if normally in a big race like that if you qualify you 10 11 12 something your pace can still be good like it's not impossible for you to make the top five do you mm-hmm. see what i mean mm-hmm. you know but if you qualify 18th at a race like that then it is impossible so i just think it's too many cars in the main okay well i'm gonna uh rebuke that uh i think 15 car 14 15 car is the norm now I think Maybe I thought in eight, these American races. Yeah, I thought eighteen was it's too not much. Not a norm globally. Okay, I hope well, it we're talking about American racing right now them. because this is that's who's racing right now. Like Greg said, he said, "Oh, look at that! Eighty percent of the B main is in the A main at um, PMB when they had eighteen cars." <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, man, when you got eight hundred entries like this, and yet, well, actually, Nitro Buggy was was not going to be that much. All right, you said, "Look at this race, sixteen cars was fine because we had a." A guy that started at fifteenth get up to the front, get up to the front of the race and lead for a bit because this ra- this track. Oh well, that's different. This track allowed he, uh, for it. Now I know what you mean. You get eighteen. What happened to him in qualifying? I don't know. Something. He just just off. I think I, I didn't even. I'm not sure. Let's see. Let's bring up his qualifying results here. Uh, I'm I'm okay with sixteen. They had to because the number of entries that they had. But even though like, even on the, but. Seriously, on the day like today, on on the Sunday, but they, they want to get out of there too. They want to get out of there and they want to get people. I, I uh, I'm okay with it. But I'm I'm on the fence. I think after 15, that's just too much. Tyler Jones had a 13 behind Ray, Ryan Mayfield in the first round. He was just slow, and then quali- and two looks. Let's see. Hold on. Uh, uh 17 and run two. So he's just slow again. Let's see what he did for round three. And then a 17 in, in round three. So he's just off pace. Yeah, Tyler Jones was just slow, but he made up for that in the B main. He bumped up. Um, like I said, a lot of people not in this A main. That probably, eh, not really. I think that Spencer Hackett could have been there. He was he was just, he just missed it in qualifying at one round. He was just off pace too, like 14s and all that stuff. He did good in Truggy, but... Not many S-Works guys there. Him and Camden Lime, probably a couple other guys, not much support. But it is what it is. I enjoyed it. I wish I could have seen more of it. I didn't get to see more of it. We're going to talk about that in our rant. Uh, real quick, before we go on, I need to touch on this uh, because this is part of the thing. This is the third race in this. So uh, NNRC Cup, Joseph. NNRC Cup. After this race, the results are switched Right up. I mean, we have now Jared Tebow with that fourth place finish. He's in. He has two hundred and four points. Mayfield, 
the he's missed the race, but he's the only two-time winner in the series so far by winning DNC and Nile Civil State. He missed PNB. He's up to 200 points. Points. He's in the hunt. And then Spencer Rivkin, with his third-place position, puts him at 179 points. Tanner, now this is going to be the battle. Tanner Denny, Ryan Cavallari uh, are all on one. Tanner Denny on 177 and uh, Cav on 175. So these two guys can still make the podium. So this is our. What's the difference between first and second points? Um, hold on. Let me bring that up too. Uh, let me find that. Actually, Rowan sent me that the other day. I mean, if this is still in Mayfield's hands, he, yes. if, when he wins the yes. wins the last but, race, then the Nationals, but, basically. So it's 100 points for first, 90 for three, 82 for third, 74 for fourth. Um, okay, so 10 points. And you get three points for TQing. So Okay, so 13 points you can make up on someone. No, 103 points. Even if points. they finish second. No, yeah, okay, you yeah, can yeah. make up 13 points on someone. But... No will what. will will Mayfield uh get rid of his nationals cars? He has not made the nationals in three in since 2016. No, I would say he didn't make it in really? 2017, he didn't make it in 2018, and he didn't make it in 2019. What about last year? They didn't have a nationals no national. last year. The nationals for last year is this year at LCRC. So it's going to be inter- because this is a hard race. Remember, even if you're new, T- do now do they let TQ? I believe they let TQ. Um, they they have the ability to just bump in, but Tyler Jones took a big heat hit, and but still, I, I think he can still. I think he can still podium if he does well at the nationals. It's going to be. I, I didn't think that the race was actually gonna, the race for this lead in the NNRC Cup was actually going to come down to. The Nationals, but it looks like it is. It's so close, like, but... I mean, Rivkin could win, but that would need T-Bar and Mayfield to have bad races. I know, I know. But uh, under normal circumstances, it's kind of, it's between T-Bar and Mayfield. So, this is the NNRC Cup standings, everybody. If you want to go check out more of this, I'll put the link to the House of RC page for this. Thank you to Connie for doing his awesome graphics. Uh, I'm actually going... Uh, Part of my trip here when I leave, I'm going up to Matt Owings to pick up the trophies for this. Remember, this is a cup that Mayfield, well, well, I'm saying Mayfield, the winner will get their name engraved on it, and that cup stays with us to the next year. They, they we will give them some plaques and stuff or some little trophies of replicas of this. But the whole point of the NNRC Cup was to show what a series would look like and how exciting it could be. Um, Maybe any of the people that listen to this podcast know about it, but uh, it's all good. I remember Jason Reynolds like, why don't you use some other rankings? Or why don't you use top 25 rankings? But this isn't a rankings. This is a point series. So it's going to be interesting going into uh, to the Nationals. Joseph. What do you mean, why don't you use? Uh, I posted this on Facebook, and what Con- while well, Connie had put rankings instead of point series, so Rona said, oh, why don't you use top 25 rankings? I said, well, we're... Where you that's a ranking system. We're doing a point series, a virtual point series. And I kind of explained to him. So I don't know if he he saw it. I know he is busy at um Silver State. And kudos to J Concepts, man. I think what was that? Um they they are um they done well as you know, J Concepts. What did they was Seth J Concepts? Um yeah, they had a top three. They won they swept the podium at Nitro Buggy. Mayfield, Seth, and Rifkin. So Congratulations to them as well. 
All is right, it Joseph. under racism events or what? What's this? This is under race. You go for NNRC Cup or Silver State? NNRC. Yeah, just go in and type in the search NNRC Cup and it will come up. All right, Josie. I think that's enough talking about Silver State. Uh, we're going to go on to... Uh, one small of one small if uh one small um segment that I'm doing for TNR fuels and it's kind of like our 10 question 10 second segment then we go on to our rant so Joseph here at the NNRC we are all about the glory that is nitro TNR fuels is the hottest new fuel company on the market and a proud supporter of this podcast TNR fuels is owned and operated by Chris Nelson and his family who are avid racers bringing you a product made by racers for racers TNR fuels is available throughout the USA and if you wish to support an awesome company contact them at tnrfuels.com find them on Facebook on the TNR fuels or contact Chris Nelson directly and get some of the TNR fuels lemonade in your car thank you to TNR fuels for being a proud sponsor of the RC's biggest nitro podcast which is NNRC because nitro truly is the glory and what would it what would a nitro podcast be without a nitro fuel sponsor thank you chris thank you to tnr fuels this is now the stop and go or dawn and quiet segment joseph where i'm going to ask you some questions i'm just going to say something and you give me your answer so first up 800 and the okay oh i had an 847 814 entries Is stupid. Okay. Ryan Mayfield. Awesome driver. Silver Mayfielding. Sp- yes, yes. <laughs> I meant to that word. I need to yeah. we need to make that normal. Mayfielding. Yes. Okay. Silver State track was. Um once a year. Once a year. Okay. Seth Van Dalen. So far, can only TQ. Um, Techno RC. Um, we'll probably. <laughs> on, you, you can't say nothing <laughs> bad. A positive about problem of needing to pay drivers or lose drivers. I agree with you there. Tyler Jones. He's one of those drivers. Ooh, okay. And last question. Greg Degani's interviews. The best interviews in RC. I would have to agree with you there. I would definitely have to agree. We need, definitely need more Greg Degani on the podium to get those awesome interviews. Thank you, TNR Fuels, for the uh, dawning Stop and Go. I forgot which name this was. Don and Quiet. Uh, stop and Go. No, this is the TNR Fuels Stop and Go segment. Uh, I wish you would have made some questions for me. I would have liked to answer me one. Give me one real quick. Say a name and I'll give my answer. Uh, my camera died. Uh, a question for you? Yeah, one of those quick questions. Turn your camera off and yeah, just go to that. Um, okay. My question is... Oh, gosh. E-buggy or E-truggy? E-truggy. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. I am all about e-truggy now. All right. Thank you to TNR Fuels for the support. Uh, check them out at tnrfuels.com. Get you, hey, man, Chris is working hard. He's going to all the races. Help him out. 
Show them some love. Get some of that lemonade in your gas tank and go fast. Joseph, it's time for the part of the podcast that you have been waiting for all podcasts. It's time for the JQ Racing Rant. We are now at that point of the show where you should fasten those seatbelts and put your big boy pants on. Things are about to get serious. It's time for the JQ Racing Rant. So this week we have a JQ Racing Rant. They are coming few and far between. Between, I know Joseph has been itching to talk about this the entire podcast, and I'm holding off from talking about it because I wanted to be positive about the race and all that type of stuff. And then you know, I'm actually very positive about the race. I'm going to express that here, but we wanted to talk about something that we've that I, I agree with his points. Let's see, I want to see all his points, but I agree with the. What we're about to talk about, but we're going to rant about something about this race. Even though we weren't there, we were looking out from the outside in on our, our perspective of looking from the outside in. So, Joseph, do you want to lead the way on this? Because this is your rant. No, you should lead the way. You lead the way and that, that'll get the juices flowing. Oh, okay. So, I <laughs> all right. So, obviously, I was supposed to... First off, I want to say this. And before we go on, it, this is nothing to do with... For me, this is not... I think Joey and the dark and the crew did a whole really, really good job for the entries. The race looked a lot better than the year I went. They, they put in the effort to have water. They made the pitting better. I thought it was great. Kudos to them. Uh, they got ev- all the entries, everything done within time. And people had people, like I'm reading people's Facebook reports, people had a lot of fun. Some people more than others, like that, the dancing Marshall guy, Joseph. Oh, man. He uh he's he was doing like handstands on the track with a helmet on and all this type of stuff. Uh I haven't seen that yet, but some it was on live RC. So I I was bummed that I didn't get to go to this race. I really was. Bummed seeing everybody go into it. Um, you know, and I was like, yeah, I would have been making the obligatory, hey, I'm at Silver State type of thing. And it looked like it was fun. You know, I think when people go to this race, it definitely is a family thing. It's party because it's Vegas. Everybody wants to party in Vegas. Now, for us, I remember I'm trying to watch this race and analyze it and see things. And I was, I look, man, I'm not going to lie. I was highly, highly, highly disappointed with the coverage of this race. Highly disappointed with it. I understand why. I'm going to talk about that here later in this one. And for such a great race, Joseph, you was like, there's no exposure. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, there's no pictures. There's no nothing. There's no nothing. If you remember from DNC, DNC had pictures. I mean, if you just remember from races back in the day, we had pictures, we had daily reports, we had under the hoods, all that type of stuff. Phil used to do all that type of stuff. And, and Live RC used to do that type of stuff too. But we had none of that at this race. We had a little bit of that at DNC. You know, we had some going out and getting interviews and stuff like that. Then we went to PNB and the coverage was like, mm, not as good. But we had two cameras, you know. And then we go to this race. And man, um, I just have to say, like, and I don't blame Live RC. Here's the thing about it. I don't blame Live RC. The coverage that we got for Silver State, the biggest race, uh, probably probably one of the biggest races of the year. If not, it is the biggest entry-wise. In Las Vegas, a shit ton of potential to 
expose our industry to other people uh, and what we do and get it out there and get it online and looking cool. And we had one camera, man. We had one freaking camera. That you can't was, even focus. That was blurry. Like, blurry. Joseph, I didn't even know what the left, sorry, what, I'm, I'm, what the left-hand side of the track looked like, right? I didn't know what it looked like over there. I knew it was a triple. I knew it was a double. I knew it was some whoops. The only video that I saw that what that looked like was when, when Live RC finally did one, like while they were doing uh, driver intros and stuff for the AIM, pro nitro buggy amen so i finally got to see i'm watching this all weekend now i'm home i'm watching this i'm staying home not going to the beach nothing like i'm staying home watching this and this is like i finally on the last day within the last hour i get to see what the left hand side of the track looks like and i was just like wow i wish i would have known what this looked like wow it would have been great to have a camera over there so i could see this while these guys are racing because there's so much action in that corner too and I just think um, I'm really disappointed with the coverage. I really am. And to go from an excellent, I think, where they, they raised their game and they did it big, and I thought it was absolute, um, I thought it was great at DNC to this. And I'm glad we had coverage. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad we was able to at least see some of this stuff and have coverage and stuff like that. But even, I mean, even during the Pro Nitro, man, and it never fails, man. It never fails. Now, this is Live RC. I'm going to blame Live RC. It crashed. Like, one of the best battles. Yeah. One of the best battles going on. Like, it was like Tyler Jones, Rivkin, um, Tebow. They were battling, like, battling like crazy. And it just went, you got the Live RC round lights of death. Like, that's like when all hope and hope and just like, just you lose all hope when you see that. You just know, like, oh, shit. This is, we're not going to see the best part of the race. Like, you know, oh, I know that's live RC. I know that's internet. That's them. I blame that. I blame that on them. I don't blame the the lack of, co- the the meager coverage that we got on live RC, though. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So my rant is a bit, it's not really about live RC. It's sort of that industry. Mm-hmm. So I just... I'm so frustrated about the fact that I feel like we are moving backwards. We have the potential. We are close to doing something better than before, mm-hmm. being better than before. We have all these professional drivers and the products that we run and all the products that we have really, like everything is better than before, more professional than before. Uh, but we are not presenting ourselves in a good way. And also we are not even attractive for we are not presenting ourselves in a, an attractive way even for us ourselves forget about other people who don't know anything about mm-hmm. rc racing forget about people who have cars but haven't got into racing i look at silver state i see nothing that makes me feel like i want to go there to that race back in the day uh, when we had neo buggy we had red rc some race would go off I would go on the computer, I'd be like, damn, I wish I was there, you know? But I couldn't go for whatever reason. Didn't have the money, had school. Um, Whatever the situation was, I saw stuff that made me feel like I wish I was there. Right. And that's, I had zero of that, zero. Because there was nothing. We have one blurry camera 
That's it. There's no reporting from the, you don't even know who's there. You don't know who's there. Don't know who's doing what, no pictures of cars. Don't know what setup people are running. What kind of tweaks are they doing to their car? Is there something new in the pits? Oh, someone said that TLR had a new prototype. No pictures, no nothing, no rumors, no talking, no discussion. It's mm-hmm. like we are missing out on all of that. That's right. The stuff been that there. makes it fun for us uh, who aren't there, nothing. Yeah. Uh, so this is a big problem. And, and I see it getting worse if we don't, if more people don't choose to change this. Mm-hmm. And I think we really need to think about it because uh the change that happened was that because of social media uh companies started doing things instead themselves instead of uh advertising so first we had the rc magazines right then the internet came the magazines died now we have reached the next step um instead of the magazines we got websites everything was online we had neobuggy red rc um who else yeah, probably yeah, someone else that I think of right now, right? So uh, we had media that had a website, went to races, they posted their own videos, they posted pictures, they wrote articles, they did interviews. We knew what was going on. They did this on their website and on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we had the coverage of the race as a separate thing. So we had a big, we had a good idea of what's going on and everyone got coverage. So we knew who was there, we knew what was going on. Now what's happened is companies pulled their support from these media companies, which means that now they are dying. So now we don't have the websites and uh, their coverage anymore. So what we have now instead is just the RC brands, their Facebook and their Instagram, Mm -hmm. where maybe you have some random pictures. Uh, Maybe J Concepts is the best actually at this. Like that's where people tend to go to see something at least mm-hmm. of the race. Mm-hmm. But you know, you see pictures of Mayfield and the J Concepts drivers, and that's it. You don't really know what's going on based on their, their coverage, you know. So that's it. And uh, if you want techno or Mugen, what coverage did you get? Like HB, what did HB benefit from this race or S Works? Was S Works there? Yeah, like nothing. You know, whereas six years ago, if you had the same race, you would have a bunch of pictures, S-Works new fucking uh, uh, whatever widget on the car and you'd have Mm -hmm. pictures of it and uh, under the hood of this guy and that guy and talking to that guy and a video of a lap of uh, some S-Works driver. Like there would be something, even if you didn't win, there would be some kind of benefit. There would be pictures Mm -hmm. and a part in a video and a walkabout in the pits, something, right? And all of that is gone. And we aren't going to get it back unless we as an industry and as the manufacturers sort of want that to happen. You know, if we get together and be like, hey, we would really like media. Like, why don't we demand this of the race organizer? Like, hey, if you're going to have this race and make 80 grand on a race in income and probably 50 grand profit, you know, put some of it back in, like make sure you have someone there taking pictures and doing this and 
that you know now they have like give the minimum budget to live rcs though they are they can only send one blurry camera or maybe the camera was fine but the guy filming you know forgot his glasses or something like that's all they can afford to do it's not their fault it's that they aren't being given the budget to do it properly yeah i so, wanted to um stress that because the, yeah my, my really rant isn't me. at live rc um i also think that we should pay I pay my $5 to them, you know what I mean? Because I like what they do and I want to support them and if my 5 bucks helps, I pay it. I don't blame Live RC for the meager coverage that we had of Silver State. I blame Well, I even you can you can tell when they first started which they finally got going Friday, I think. No, not Friday, Thursday. Like halfway through qualifying, I think even. Or maybe I can't remember. Halfway through they got started early Thursday morning, I believe. And they only had two sponsors. Like it was like uh, maybe like TNR Fuels, MVP Fuels. Like they had two fuel companies, and then you saw that sponsor go- thing go up, like where that ticker where it goes across, like that on the um, yeah. So then they got like J Concepts, and then they got um, yeah. But here's so the they thing, started like, out with not enough sponsors, man. So the industry I know, didn't but come here's in. the thing: the industry is not supporting the media. Yes, including yeah. now next step, including the coverage. So if it wasn't for EFRA paying RC mm-hmm. Racing TV, there wouldn't be coverage in Europe of these races, right? Right. The master of Euros, Europe races. Uh, DXI is the only one that had uh, RC Racing TV there, right? But right. that's because they're in the UK and there's history with Neil and all that stuff, right? So it was kind of all set up. Like, let's just continue doing this. But the other races, not really good, any decent coverage. And uh, we wouldn't have it at Euros either unless EFRA was paying to have it. So in America, when these uh, race organizers aren't really wanting to put put in the budget for proper coverage, we we aren't going to get it. So and the solution is that no one is going, no one company or individual is going to step up and be like, "Oh yeah, let's do this." It has to be a collective effort where. Mm-hmm. We all recognize like this is for the greater good of the sport, of our hobby, of our industry. If we all chip in, we can have, it can be better for everyone. A rising tide raises all the ships. But the attitude is just so annoying from a number of the people in decision-making positions in companies that it just... All right, well, it's I'm going to... beyond gonna... frustrating, you know? It is frustrating. If, it if is. all the brands can be like, hey, look, these races, we're going to go to these races. We could have do. great coverage at these, race, these races. We're going to send our paid drivers to them, okay? All those brands chip in, put money in a pool for media. Those race organizers also have to put money in the same pool for media. So you have a bunch of money for each event that goes to some media coverage organizations to do that. So we have the proper live streams and proper videos and pit walkabouts and pictures and everything. So it looks good. It's doable. Everyone can chip in a bit. No one has to pay a lot of money, but everyone benefits in a big way. I think also with this rate, well, I thought that it went after, okay. After I saw the coverage of DNC, I said, okay, I think we're in for a, a treat this year. You know what I mean? I think we're going to get great coverage. Then I, then I heard that PNB was going to have live RC there. 
And then um, I was kind of disappointed with their coverage, and I find out I find out like they had a budget, like they were. Uh, I think they were supposed to have um, some local uh, people to help man the cameras, and they never showed one never showed up, and one left after the first day. And then uh, it was. I mean, at least we had two cameras, but. I don't like I said I'm not mad at Lava RC. I'm not gonna send people. I'm I'm planning my budget to go to the nationals right now, right? And it's expensive, and it's just for me, and my buddy, and the other guy that's coming. And we're doing this as cheap as possible. Like you know us, we have to do it the cheapest way. Like if it's a two star hotel, two and a half star hotel, and it's got decent, like sixty forty bad versus good comments, we're gonna stay there type of trip. But, I mean, it costs money to send these cameras. It costs money to send these guys there. Uh, they probably, it didn't even sound like Brandon Rohde was there. I don't, I'm not sure. But, I mean, I, I was hoping we could get more than one camera. But um, Yeah, but see, this is the thing. So, uh, Neobuggy is no more. Red RC pretty much is no more. Mm-hmm. Circus RC can't go anyway. It doesn't have any money. Live RC can send one camera. It's because the brands yes. are not advertising anymore. That's the reason. Okay. So why are they not ad- advertising anymore? They aren't doing that because they think they can do it themselves now. Yeah, but we they know can't. that. We said that many times. So they can't. They can't. And the thing is that if we had good coverage, it would benefit everyone. So I'll give you two examples. Techno. Great event for them. Five cars in the main. TQ'd the race. They were on pace. They had multiple drivers who could potentially win the race. Mm-hmm. Zero coverage, really, of it. How about the that? Only about the only techno stuff was uh, them in the results. So you saw, oh, TQ was a techno driver. Mm-hmm. Um, high up in the, or in the main, there were many technos. That's it. Like, nothing more. You don't hear anything about the storylines about drivers or... Uh, no pictures or setup info mm. or anything like this, which is like, man, that techno looks fucking good, man. Yeah. They updated this like that. That's that. Like nothing to get the juices flowing and people being like excited, like, oh, this car is doing well and they have many drivers and look, the car looks cool. And, you know, there's nothing like that. Unless, I, I, I don't know, like unless you're already following the brand and you go on their social media, maybe there's something there. No, there was. But there even then, there probably... Not much. Like, they probably didn't even post an under the hood of Seth's car. Well, let, let's, let's be honest. honest. Did they? Have you checked? No, they haven't. I haven't, haven't. but I, I bet you anything they didn't. I'll tell you what. But if we had good coverage, we would have that. We would have those pictures. We would have those features. And they, as a successful brand at the race, would get more coverage than mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Then the second example, someone who didn't have a good race, like S-Works, for example, there was no S-Works in the main, right? Nitro Buggy. Uh, it's like they weren't even there. Seriously. You see some blurry fucking blobs going around the track. That's no exposure for you. Like you're in blowing out in the B main with an S-Works. No one gives a shit, right? You didn't make the main. You blew out. So they have no exposure. Unless you that. were physically there and you met some nice S-Works guys and you had a chat with them, then S-Works benefited Nothing. And you know, they seem to be fine with this. Oh, let's just send our drivers to these races and benefit nothing unless one of our drivers does well. HB, same thing. Cole did well at DNC. They had a bit of exposure. Silver State, fucking might as well have stayed home. 
Do you see what I mean? Well, so those brands who don't have good results also get exposure. Let's talk to Cole. He's a funny guy. Let's do an under the hood of his car. Let's film him for a few laps here. You know, you get exposure. It benefits all brands. That's why it's so fucking annoying when all these people in RC are just thinking about their own social media and their own thing. Like we can film something and put it on our Facebook and that's it. Like we're not going to chip in. Even if it could be like every fucking brand and organize, like every brand pays like $500 and uh, organizer puts in a thousand dollars. Boom. We have awesome coverage. We could do that fucking tomorrow. But no, because everyone's too selfish, too self-centered, and just thinking about themselves. I'm not going to put in $500 uh, because it's going to benefit someone else also. That's how they think. It is fucking annoying. Like, I'm not going to pull the money and have awesome coverage and make our hobby look great because someone else could benefit. That's how they think. They think that when I control everything and just post a few pictures on our social media, no one else benefits. That's better for me. That's how they think. It's fucking annoying. Whoa. That's why we are nerds in a field. That's why we can't have uh, nice things. Seriously, this fucking attitude. Wow. Pisses me off so bad. Seriously. Calm your tits, Jesse. Calm your tits. You're getting all emotional on us here. Yeah, but it's so annoying. We can, we, this could be so much cooler than now. So much cooler. Seriously. We, our coverage could be so much better. It could be so much exciting for everyone involved, but yeah. no. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely think that, uh, like I said, live RC was on a shoestring budget, which is crazy. I would, I don't understand why you wouldn't want this race. Uh, I mean, maybe. I, I all right. Let's look at the venue too, because I know. Let's for instance, like you can't put up gazebos inside and all that type of stuff. That doesn't matter. I know, but I know, but I just think I just find it strange that the industry didn't put more money behind this race. I don't. I find it strange. Um, because they have their Facebook pages. That's yeah, but they put it with the DNC. Solution to everything. They done it with DNC. Maybe because like they have the nationals coming up next next month too. You know, a lot of money to spend out. I but for us that stayed home, it was it was bad, man. Uh, I guess that just means get my ass on the plane and get there next year instead of staying home. But it shouldn't be like that. And after you know, just after DNC, I thought we was gonna have better coverage. You know what? When you was talking about pictures and under the hoods, do you re- like? Well, you was usually at these races, but when I was, um, you know, before I worked in this and worked or whatever, what worked in the industry and uh, doing this stuff. I used, I'm just a regular racer, man. So I used to wait, you know, get up early mornings. And the first thing I would look for, because I'd probably go sleep the night before, would be Neo Buggy's report of whatever event they were at that day, that following morning. And it would be on there. They would yeah, have, exactly. They would have under the hoods or, you know, you'd be like, oh, we got a new post from a new video from Neo Buggy. Let's go watch that. It's, it wasn't, you know, it was five to ten minutes of some qualifying of the fast guys. And, you know, uh, pit walks. I really liked his track walks of, like, Neil Craig and Lee Martin. Neil, I mean, Neil Duns. I mean, we've said this so many times. Like, we sound like the biggest fanboys. But Neo and Phil, Phil done some really good things, man. And we need that back. That's actually what I'm going to try to do here at the Nationals. So if I would have went to Silver State, that's what I would have been attempting to do. So because I have a photographer coming. Danny Paz, he's coming up. He's been doing a lot of work for... Um, Lance and the Florida RC Championships, as well as Wallace Motorsports. 
he's coming out to take pictures and uh, help me out and my buddy Mike. So yeah, I get it, Joseph. Um, it was disappointing, uh, but this race is kind of weird like that too. I think it being indoor and being it's not just about this race. It, but Don't focus on this race. We have a serious issue. No, of course, of that course. we need to solve in the industry right now. But for me, I just want to know do why they didn't to, do this. Do we race. want to keep going backwards, or do we want to do something better? Seriously. Well, we're doing the same things over and well, yeah. Yeah, we can. That's the fucking annoying thing. Like, we can do things better. Well, they proved that at DNC. Not every race needs to be a fucking world championship and spectacular or whatever. Like, but to have those races will help racing, grassroots level, local club racing, tracks, regionals, everything. It will help. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, we definitely need more exposure. Nice picks. Yeah, why do Interviews. we have to just make every event some shitty ass thing? Why? You know what we really miss is your your blogs too. Your blogs used to talk about the races that you went to and, and stuff like that. Well, you know, you would always expose the the rumors that happen or the things that people didn't want to know happen at these races. Like, I re people really enjoyed writing, reading your blogs. Like, they would either love you more or hate you more. Most hate you. But uh, things, Mostly hate, yeah. yeah, but things like that aren't around no more. You stopped doing the blog, and we haven't been the same ever since. So, anywho, dude, I think. Um, do you have anything else to say about that? I think that's it. Look, I enjoyed Silver State. I enjoyed that I had coverage. I don't blame Live RC for. I I think they did the they did as best they could for the budget that they had. Um. I just feel like wow, we just could have had one more camera. That would I like. I'd rather have just one more camera, and I'd have been happy, and um, really just happy with that. So to say all of that, I enjoyed the race. People looked like that went to it, enjoyed it. Congratulations to the winners. I thought it made for some exciting racing when we could see it, uh, and I I think we should go to this race next year, Joseph. If 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 it's allowed, like if you can make it, well, you've been to Silver State many times, but you never been to. This yeah, race. I was right. So Techno and Mugen, yeah, basically they just a few videos, a few phone videos. Mugen has some awesome vertical videos. Then uh, the few pictures of cars. Techno have pictures of the drivers standing with their cars. Mugen have a new pit caddy, and uh, a couple of more videos. And then the podium pictures and Adam Drake showing us how to glue tires. That awesome race coverage. That's what you get when the brands do it themselves. Okay. <laughs> what Techno, do you guys think? Uh, great, great race for them. No pictures even on their of their bloody car. Like it doesn't take a marketing genius to be like, hey, we're trying to sell cars here, right? And we're doing pretty well at this race. Why not show people what we are racing? I agree. Well, how about that? Why don't we do that? Because they are thinking about that. These brands at the races are not thinking about that. They are there to race and do well. And when a customer has questions, they answer the questions and they pit for them and that stuff. They aren't there to fucking take videos and pictures and do that stuff. That's where the media company comes in. So how about, how about someone, not me, because everyone hates me, right? Someone get together, figure out a way to make a calendar, where are the pro guys going, pull some money, get the media companies involved and make sure we have good coverage. Why doesn't someone do that? Lefty, how about you do that? 
Yeah. You two are closely affiliated to me. We need someone, an yeah. outsider. Who could do this? Who can we? Who can we get to do this? Seriously. I don't know. What? Do, let's, who can do this? I don't know. I don't know. Who does everyone like? Not you. Um, Not me. <laughs> I don't know who everybody likes. You know, everybody dislikes somebody. I don't know who that would be. <clears throat> because that person would have we to- don't have any fucking decent federations either who no. does this do this stuff you know that's another thing like if we had a federation they'd be on this shit they'd be like these are the 20 races globally that uh have professional drivers go to you know what the federation would do the federation would be like you know what our job as a fucking federation is to promote this globally this sport okay i have a great idea why don't we get with all the manufacturers and the organizers of these races that they clearly like because they pay money to go to and send their professional drivers to come up with a plan. And we'll put in some money and then have all of these other people put in money and we have a professional media team go to all these races. And then we have a consistent, great coverage of all the races in RC. And you know what? We could even put the pictures and link all the videos on our Federation website because it's a fucking amazing uh showcase of our industry how about we do that no we have the world's fucking worst federations what i just explained is like easy it's a given it's like just do it kind of thing like we okay yeah we got this uh when's the nationals okay it's set up we'll have it set up before then <laughs> but they do a effort as a logo in 18 months you know, oh so God. how do you expect them to actually contact that number of manufacturers and race organizers, even just figure out the calendar? Like if, if we tasked a federation right now to figure out which are the big races in the world that people go to, I think it would be at least six to eight months. Six to eight months just to get the list. Okay. Then they need to find the contact information for all the different brands and race organizers that's going to be another four months so now we're now we're basically at a year and then after that they have to draft an email and a plan now that's going to be like maybe two or three years because that's hard that's creative work so now we're at like three to four years at this point okay then after that they actually have to send this out and then probably send it out like 17 times because no one replies to anything. And then after they gain some traction, they have to actually implement this. So I'm thinking that maybe our grandchildren <laughs> could have this system in place. You know, <laughs> that is if we go by the way the federations work. Oh, so man. I don't know, man. We, what we need to do now Lefty, this is our uh, mission. We need to find the person or organization to make this happen because we are killing ourselves with this shitty fucking media situation. We really are. You know? So we need to solve this. Yeah, we do. I haven't seen you this worked up since we was in that janky hotel room in the last night in Bolivia. And yeah, and stopped working. Yeah, but I care about this. That's the thing. So... I know what RC racing can be. I know how it made me feel before. And it, it still could. But it needs to be better than this. Yeah, I, 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 I can agree. With, I agree with your points, man. I know people are like, you disagree with him. But 
we definitely have on that level of in RC. It, it was so much better before. It was so good at one point. You know what I mean? We went from magazines where we had to wait three months and the starting grid. And then when like the glory years of Neo and Red RC and, and Live RC, when they, you know, that's all gone, man. It's all gone. We have idiots. Yes, like- it is. I know there's a, a level of sort of being jaded, having been in it for so long, but even looking past that, I think maybe some, the people who don't see what I see, I think the problem is they can't imagine what I'm imagining, you know? Mm. So maybe they just uh, are like content with what we have. Like, oh, this is cool. I like RC and it's I nice. The, I, I saw a blurry video and like, that's it. Like I miss but, reading articles. I miss reading uh, interviews with people, not just a talk it up Tuesday. I, like people can say all they want. I really enjoyed Aaron Waldron's writing. I, enjoy, I enjoyed yeah. him calling a race too. Yeah. Uh, we are a small industry. And when we are such a small industry, we need to pool our money. We need to do things together. We need to do things also that don't only benefit us. We need to do things that benefit everyone, including us. It's the only way. All right. If you're in Formula One or something, Haas team doesn't need to do anything that benefits anyone else than just themselves, right? They don't need to. Ferrari, same thing. That's a different ball game. It's massive. You know, we aren't massive. No, we're. I think you're realizing that we're even smaller than you thought. No, yes. you are the one who had no fucking clue how big no, no, RC no, no, racing is. No no, no. no, no, you thought it was like. Yes, so you can many make people. money. Like there are brands in RC that make money and oh, are I agree. fine and doing great. That's. But what I'm saying is, all the more reason for them to fucking improve the industry, right? They have even less of an excuse. Their egos are, I guess, the problem there. Like, oh, we're doing well, so we don't want to improve the industry because someone someone else might do better too. Well, don't you understand that you would also do better? You know? Oh, fuck, dude. Oh, man, you are are worked up. You were so great when we first started recording. You know, you was chipper. And then you was waiting. Yeah, but this is You was waiting for this the whole two and a half hours, and now you're all deflated like a balloon. A five-day-old. Yeah, it's just it's been a long time, and it's sort of I see us going backwards. It's not good. It's not good. Yeah, we gotta change it. You know what we need to do? We gotta change it. We gotta get uh, change raw by getting people out there and um, signing up and becoming members, and then voting uh, new people in in the in the region, the even regions next year. Still uh, talking about that. And things can start changing, get more open-minded people in these positions. And, yeah, it would be great to get proper media coverage of all these races. Um, and Live yeah. RC can do it. They just need – Live RC can do it. They just need the people to put the budget with them. You know what I mean? If they have the yeah. budget, then they can do it. It's simple. All right, Josie. Um, I think that's all we have. I do have one more message for our, our listeners before we sign off here. Uh we, you know, Lugs RC Racing Tires have come on board as a sponsor of the podcast. They were at Silver State this past weekend, and um, they had a good weekend. Bryce actually beat um, beat Greg in e-buggy, so he is happy about that. So in racing, we know it's all about tires. Lugs Racing has been testing different tread patterns, wheel molds, and rubber blends to bring racers the best product we can. Our tires are available in medium, soft, super soft, and mega soft. 
First up, they have the Econ tire line that has been developed with budget racers in mind. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say medium, super soft, and mega soft? Yes. So there's no soft? Yeah, yeah, there's a soft. I said soft. Why do you interrupt my oh. ad read? <laughs> Jesus, man, you're so rude. The Econ oh, tire line that has been developed with the budget racers in mind. For this line, we have improved exi existing modes and using our new rubber compounds that our premier tire allows us to use to keep costs down and pass the savings on to our customers. For the all-out racer, we have the Protos and the TQs. These are premier tires that are made with our custom modes and utilizing our new rubber compound to provide you, the racer, with the performance you require. Please visit uh, www.lugsracing.com. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to go buy something and save some money, you can use the promo code NNRCLUGS and you will save 30% off your order. Thank you, Lugs, for supporting the podcast. Joseph, uh, thank you for your time. It was good catching up with you. We haven't done a, a podcast like this in a while. So, you know, it was good to have you chipper and then watch you deflate like a five-day-old balloon right now. Uh, but don't worry, Joseph. Things will change. Keep believing, buddy. And um, find the person to change it. I know. Find the person to change it. Maybe, maybe pe people listen to this is what's going to help change it. Uh, congratulations to Ryan Mayfield once again, 2021 Silver State Champion. Man, Ryan Mayfield's just on a tear, right? I think I think he's going to win the nationals this year, man. I just think he's going to win it. He's just like in the zone, got the glow. I think Mayfield's going to win the nationals, dude. I think if there was a Worlds right now, Mayfield would have it. That's how confident I am. I don't know. I think it would be... Tony Falk is, yeah. is pretty good, you know. I know, but the only thing... The only thing I wouldn't sleep on that. No, of course not. I love... I, you know, I'm a Viking fan. I want him to win. But I also would like Ryan Mayfield to win his first two. But the only thing that Mayfield's been racing a lot more than the Vikings, so... I don't know. It'd be close. To yeah. Be super close. Yeah. Curious to see if that has any effect. Super. I think if there's a world right now, it would be, mm, 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 mm. it would definitely be Mayfield's to lose. Uh, so congratulations. So the world's, by the way, next year, next year, there will be the world's again. Yes. In Relevant. Hopefully they are in Spain. Just yeah. skip Brazil. I, I don't think they're going to. Uh, has Brazil. there been an official announcement or no? I think they canceled it just in Brazil. Period. So hopefully it will just be rid of on Spain next year then. Yeah, I don't think Brazil, like Brazil's still kind of crazy with everything still. So I don't think it's yeah. going to be there. Spain should be kind of back to normal. Uh, okay, that's going to be my best worlds then. That's the goal then. You'll be 42. Too bad it's at a track that I absolutely completely suck at. Jesus. Well, there you go. You've already lost. There we go. The race is no, over. I just have to go there and practice. No, no. 1.5 years before the race. I'm just stating facts. Like, no, if, no, it no. Was, if the Worlds were in Sweden in Eskilstun, I'd be like, yeah, man. Okay, let's bring it on. But they're in fucking Redovan where I've had the worst races of my life. Hey, this is what it was like Wednesday at DNC 2019. This is the look of a, like a during headlights like, oh, I suck. And that was it. His, his 2022 Worlds is over. I had a lot of issues. You That's still fun. have a lot of issues. Your 2022 nah, world now. is over already. 1.5 no, years you, old. Just wait and see. It's going to be in my best world, Sam. Okay, Jesse. 2020, I'll be 39. Sure, you will. Can you believe that? Yeah. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
I'll okay. prove you wrong. I, I, please do. Please do. Please do. Yep. Please do. Uh, congratulations to Jared Tebow, Nitro Truggy. Congratulations to uh, Tyler Jones. Kudos to the, the Dark Crew for the hard work that they put in. Looked like a great race. Sorry I wasn't there. Everybody that went to the race and had fun, I'm glad you guys did. Wally was busy, too. Super busy. And, um, yeah, next year we got to go, Joseph, if we can. So, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, you know, Thank you to the NNRC squad around the world. We can't do this without you guys. We greatly appreciate your support. Uh, sorry about the hiatus that we had to take, but sometimes real life comes in. Uh, hey, we're back. We're going to be here. We're, I'm planning the national trip. It should be great. Shout out to all the patrons of the podcast. I greatly appreciate you guys' support. Um, thank you for becoming patrons. Uh, hey, if you want to become a patron, the link for that is in the written description of this podcast. Don't forget about our YouTube channel. Check out mine. Please get me. I would like to get up to 1,500 subs. Joseph's already over 10K. JQ Racing TV. Go check him out. Give him a sub. Um, he's got a lot of good information there. Really good. He's uh, making a new video series or something. Oh, I did have somebody ask. I forgot. Uh, where is your, uh, before I go, I did have somebody ask me about um, your 10 scale comparison video. Yeah, it's still, it's work in progress. Okay. That's what I thought. 10 scale videos don't pay the bills. So just keeps okay. getting put to the bottom of the list. All right. And I want to shout out and say thank you to all the awesome sponsors of this podcast. Remember, showing the sponsors some love, shows the podcast some love. We have some promo codes that are in the, the written description of this podcast. But shout out to Mayako. Oh, I'm getting excited to get mine in my hands and build it and put it on my shelf back there. Maybe race it one day. That'd be great. I'd like to race it one day. Uh, TNR Fuels, check them out. High Tech RCD, Techno RC, Beach RC, Sun City RC Raceway, Manscaped.com, Lugs RC Racing, JQ Racing, Racecraft USA, R uh, RCMX, Papa Witties, TractionTonic.com, Wally Builds, RCGP, House of RC. Please don't forget to go and um, fill out your profile on House of RC. That community is growing. Joseph? You know what I got to say? Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. If you ain't grinding, you're sliding. And Lefty and JQ out, Joseph. You, you, I'm surprised you don't have nothing. E-buggy. Okay. No. I'm so annoyed at the industry still, I can't even say anything. E-buggy. E-truggy's better. Thank you for listening to the No Name RC Podcast. We greatly appreciate all the support and love from you, the listeners. Without all of you, none of this is possible. Special thanks to our patrons on Patreon. If you wish to support the podcast further, you can at patreon.com forward slash NNRC Podcast. As a patron, you will receive early releases, special content, and Patron-only giveaways. Also, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, www.nnrcpodcast.com. Remember, Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. If you aren't having fun, it doesn't make sense. And if you ain't grinding, you're sliding lefty out. Nitro is the glory, Nitro is the glory, Nitro is the glory.
so bad. <laughs> <laughs> 